From the Dice Abide Live studios, it's Late Night War Games with your hosts, Adam and John. Immortal Combat! Thank you, Jay, and hello, everyone. I'm your host, Adam, but you know me as the Dice Abide. And I'm John, a.k.a. Wise Kensai, and tonight we are joined by the illustrious Professor Willett. Willett, Willett. Hello. Hey, there he is. Hello, how are you? I'm great. I'm on hey. summer break. Yeah, oh man, that's right, you're a teacher. You get you got teacher time rules. That's right. That's pretty awesome. And your pay is amortized, so you get you get paid off for the summer, theoretically? Yeah, you, yeah. There you go. They, uh, they asked me to do summer school, and I'm like, no. Hell no. <laughs> don't even call me. Don't I didn't even want to do summer school when I was a student. I don't want to do summer school now. No. <laughs> well, it's great to, I, I did it's great to have school. you on. Thank you. <laughs> I, I did once. It was math. Only because I wanted to get further ahead. I don't know. Because yeah. I'm a big fucking nerd. That's well, exactly what I did. Uh, Chris, what are you drinking tonight? Soda. Soda. There we go. The big size. Uh, it was yeah. probably a small. John, uh, I am trying out this new whiskey that I got the other day from Sisters. It's called Broken Top Ooh. Mountain Whiskey. Very nice. I, I think that our our uh, our ponytails were touching in a beautiful avatar sort of way because I also went with whiskey. There you go. Though it was it was because we had uh, Chris on, and obviously last name is Willett, as you are more frequently known. Um, at least among the people that I know that know you. And yeah, so I was true. like, yeah, I'm going to go upstairs and I'm going to get myself a nice Willet uh, bourbon. And I went upstairs and son of a bitch, we were out. So oh, I know I, it's it's one of the ones that we, we regularly stock, which also means it's often drank. Um, yeah. But instead, I am enjoying an old fashioned with uh, Pendleton Canadian whiskey. Nice. And it is a fine old fashioned. I've got these cherries that are really they're very not sweet, but heavy in the oak and vanilla. Mm. That kind of gives a very makes it a more uh, a little more sophisticated old fashioned. Mm. I love it. And I have a like a eight point six percent beer waiting for me as soon as this is done. Good, so, good. <laughs> we can't have you sober. Yeah, no, right? That would be that would be a tragedy. Cheers. Cheers. Bye. Oh yeah, I've had way too many of these lately. It's still delicious. It's nice and peppery. John. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. How's your bourbon, really quick? It's pretty I'm good. Curious about that. I uh, yeah. I will, I'm pleased with the purchase. It's peppery and and bright. It's nice. Excellent. Is, is that a sister? Is the sisters in? Sorry, is the distillery in Sisters or? I, I believe you so. You were just going through Sisters. I believe so. I think it is in Sisters. Awesome. Bottled by Cascade Spirits in Sisters, Oregon. Oh, oh there we go. Okay. Distilled and aged in Indiana. So no. Oh, uh, there we go. Okay. You know, Adam, it's so interesting you you actually have the Willet bourbon because I was just talking to John about this. Uh, years ago, for Father's Day, we bought my dad this Willet bourbon because because mm-hmm. Willet, her, her, her. And we're yeah, like, oh, right. her name's Willet. And it uh, turns thinking. out it's actually really good. No, it's good stuff. Fucking great. It was actually my wife that turned me on to it. And I was like, yes, I'll marry you and drink your bottle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so, John. Why don't you uh, get us started with some news? Sure. All right. Just a reminder that uh, this month's Bromed Academy mission is Armored Fury, which means take some high arm units. Doesn't have to be the highest arm in your faction, but take something that's really high arm for whatever you're playing. Try it out. 
get it uh, stuck in, try to win some firefights and uh, tank those tank those crits, right? So in N4, uh, armor is more relevant now since crits don't auto wound. So give it a shot, you know. Uh, I managed to double crit and triple hit one of Adam's units and it passed all the saves. Still not bitter about that. It's fine. Everything's fine. Um, but yeah. <laughs> and it was only armor three. And it was only armor three. It's true. Yeah, it's kind of funny, right? Like we did the math afterwards and like shooting a K1 marksman at you was not even better. So it's kind of weird. But anyway. I have, I have, a, I have mm -hmm. a Kip story about that. Yeah, go Same for it. sort of thing happened to me. Um, Kip was playing a game. Kip from MayaCast was playing a game against me. And he crit my guy with two wounds. And I'm like, that's okay. And this is like the Hail Mary to win the game, right? Mm -hmm. I'm like, that's okay. I could take a crit. I got two wounds. He's like, no, you have to roll now. I'm like, oh, no. So I roll two fails. And that's why I lost the game. It's, it is a different beast now. Yeah. Dogged dog and NWI are no longer like, ha, 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 ha. Yeah, ha, ha, ha. I can take a crit. Dogged specialist OP. Yeah. Right. <laughs> no, no longer, no longer. Um, but while you're thinking about uh, those high arm multi wood models, you can paint some of them for this quarter's painting contest. So hey yo, um, yeah, it's like you planned it. It's like I planned it. We're um, we're partnering with the fine folks over at War Garage to bring you some cool, sweet loot. So send in your stuff. We'll judge it on the internet's for everybody to see and send you some sweet stuff. So that's 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 the deal. Um, in non-Infinity news, we've got a new uh, Heavy Gear article, thanks to Than, as always, right? So he's got a Northern Lights Confederacy little vignette sort of thing where he talks about the history of that particular sub-faction and all that. Uh, if you want to get some gaming in, though, you can do mm -hmm. a lumbering sprocket mission, right? So we just released the HGBTS, right? Oh, yeah. Long <laughs> so, acronyms. There you go. Um, and we are desperately in need of feedback and playtest data. So if you play Heavy Gear and you fancy getting in a, uh, a game with one of your friends and you want to try out one of these missions, do so and let us know how it went. Uh, you get five points of store credit on DreamPod 9. And you're entered yeah. to, I think, when was it 20 points, right? As part of 20 our additional raffle? points. 20 additional points. You could have up to 25 points, which is roughly like an uh, American dollar, right-ish? Yeah, it's, I, think, I think it's like 20, can they, like... It's like twenty-two dollars yeah. American. So still, there you that's go. Free models. That's that's, that's free models. Game. Exactly right. So play a game, get free models, uh, support the guys over at DreamPod Nine. They do wonderful work. Um, yeah, that's what's going on for that. And so let's see here for Infinity. They uh, they did announce what the next uh, the was it August releases are going to be. We've got the Battle Pack Operation Crimson Stone, which sounds super. Edgelord and awesome. Uh, Red rocks. Yes. <laughs> and and uh, there's also the Dragon Lady, which is now been announced to be an event-exclusive model. So that'll come out at the same time, so you can pre-order and get all those things, and I'm having that Dragon Lady. Indeed. And then uh, finally, there's going to be the Dire Foes Pack Gamma Xanadu Rush. Now, the, the interesting thing about this is, like, I assume it's going to be related to uh, Operation Crimson Stone. I think that's kind of a given. Which means it is a, a Corregidor Nomad character. Okay. Right. So this this could be a, a resculpt. Um, it might be Wolfgang. But he's is he he's all over the place. Yeah, I mean, so that seems fine. Or so, Wolf. Hmm? So hear me out. 
Okay. So it's called Xanadu Rush, right? Yes. And you might be familiar with the band Rush, which also has a song called Xanadu. And okay. the 1970s Olivia Newton-John musical. That's true. But what if this is like a, a, a nomad recreation of Neil Peart? And so we have a Neil Peart model coming to the game. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. I'd be okay with that. I'd be okay. Uh, <laughs> Gutierrez, Gutierrez, super into this sort of thing. That's the it, kind of deep cut that oh, he'd throw in there. I mean, or it could go one step further and it could be Tom Sawyer. There right? you go. That's an yeah. idea. For, for those who don't know, I think that's probably Rush's number one song. Yeah. So, anyway, <laughs> I like this, this string of thinking. Mm hmm. Could be. <laughs> and he's going to convince you to whitewash fences. Well, he'll have white noise. He is a hacker with white noise. Tom Sawyer, Rush, Xanadu. Yes. It's all confirmed. Yes. Because we need and, more, uh, more white noise hackers in Corregidor. That's, and that's Olivia Newton-John. Olivia Newton-John will be the Ariadna Spec Ops character. Yeah. She's a, she's a painting that comes to life through the power of disco music, guys. This is... <laughs> Real, it's gonna happen, and I've watched too many musicals that I could quickly give you two second synopsis of Xanadu. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I think that's yeah. So that's the Infinity News. You know, I'm I'm really looking forward to this. It, I think that Ariana and Nomads in particular are two factions that I feel like interest a lot of new players. So it's been a little bit of a disappointment with the, you know, the four factions we launched initially or that were launched initially with Code One. Are great and all, but like I feel like most people that I experience that come into the game are like, I want space furries, please. I can, I can have nomads. I want the space hackers. You know, it's such this, uh, this cyberpunk trope, right? The, the yes, hacker sure. fashion that to not have that, like that needs to be what what you get people into the game with. So we'll see. That'll be good. I am telling myself that I don't need to buy it, but I'm also telling myself, you know what? I should just have vanilla Ariadna. Yeah, you should. It is the correct Ariadna, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, people want space furries. No, you're wrong, Jeremy. I want Vore. Other people want space furries. <laughs> Ariadna has furries, too. It's it true. Is. It's, they just rip you in half. Yes. All right, so let's uh, move on to the maker community, shall we? Yeah, let's do it. So I like to track uh, what different people are doing. And Forest Dragon, who I was supporting on Patreon, has has dropped the platform. They are doing well enough that they are just now going straight to retail, which is rad. Like, it's pretty cool to see somebody kind of, I guess, graduate off the platform. It's like seeing companies stop using Kickstarter to support every one of their games. <coughs> cool, Medina. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> but the great thing is they're releasing the, all of the stills for... Uh, for the High Elf Army for 35 bucks, which is roughly three or four months of their old Patreon anyways. Yeah. So it's you're basically paying the same price to get the same models. You just get them all at once. And they look great. I've seen people even print these out at 28 millimeter, and they they don't hold up as well, but they hold up okay. Well enough, um, I'm sure. Yeah. But for, you know, for uh, playing Warmaster, it's fantastic. I was just talking to... Uh, ben, who prints these out at 15 millimeter to play, what is it, Kings of War at a smaller scale, which has always been a complaint of mine. That game is a 15 millimeter game that they're trying to sell you 28 millimeter models for. So 
you can just play it with 3D printed smaller stuff. Yeah, I, the models look great. I think Dan bought them immediately. I'm sure he did. Uh, after him <laughs> yeah. and his elf thing. Give me, more, give me more elves. So those are really cool. And uh, so the next one is that since I am no longer supporting Forest Dragon on Patreon, I am now supporting Mini Rat Studio, who's doing a Warmaster Empire army, and the sculpts are freaking rad. That looks when fun. He, yeah, when he first launched his uh, his his Patreon campaign for these, he's only doing one release a month, and so I, I was a little bit cold to that. But he has since upped it to three units a month, and so now you, you know, I've got pretty much all of the files now for a uh, for an Empire army. And the cool thing is, he gives a discount to people off his web store if you're a Patreon member, so you can get this and spend like forty bucks. I think it was like thirty eight dollars or whatever mm-hmm. to get all the other files for it. And boom, 3D print yourself an uh, Empire Army. Easy peasy. Or have a friend with a 3D printer, which is way better than having one of your own. Yes, agreed. <laughs> <laughs> it's like having a friend with a boat. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Or a truck. Like, Sorry, PJ. Boats, trucks, and 3D printers. Those, yeah, you those get are a all boat, PJ. That... Get a boat. <laughs> um, there are, yeah, no orcs. There's Skaven in this one. Um, Skaven was actually already done by Cromarty Forge. And he's been since converting all of his over. There's another one that I'm blanking on the name now that does a really good Skaven army as well. And then there's, I don't know, if you go to the Facebook Warmaster group, there's one There's one guy that's doing a really good army for a Greenskin. So he's doing both gob, a Goblin army and an Orc army for that. Speaking of Greenskins, the next Patreon that we've been following, of course, is Bunga. And they have announced the first half of their uh, of their Snotling team for Blood Bowl, mm-hmm. which is amazing. It's a bunch of moon. There's moonshine snotlings. So the pump wagon is a whiskey still. Um, they're you know riding a toad instead of the the weird fungus hopper. And you know, there's one of them over there that's like barfing in the corner. The the guy in the front, in the front corner with the with the jug and the funnel is apparently the apothecary. Oh. Nice. Yep. So oh. Uh, Obiscus asked where the August releases were posted. They haven't released pictures, but they told us Warcores what is coming out and allowed us to tell people. So no pictures of the Crimson Stone stuff yet. But yeah, so I got the first half of this team. I already have a Snotling team. These Snotlings also look hilarious, though. I'm really mm-hmm. curious to see what the second half come out like. Uh, if he's going to do second options for all the positionals, like the uh, the stilt the, the stilty Snotling back there that's standing on Crane's legs. Yep. Yeah, all pretty funny. Uh, and yeah, Punga's been great so far. I actually just got my, uh, my, was it the Kickstarter mm-hmm. uh, support that I did a while ago? So I've gotten out a new vampire team and Underworlds team to assemble. Yeah, what was it? Uh, Russia to Poland to Chicago oh my to God. Poland to California to Poland. No, you missed one. Okay. Um, it was Russia to Poland. Okay. To New York to Poland to Chicago to Poland to Chicago to Poland. To Chicago, to Portland, to my house. Uh, okay, good, good. <laughs> it went back and forth across the Atlantic many times. Well, speaking of across the Pacific, Did I say Pacific. No, 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 no. I said I said Pacific because this is done by our, yeah, our friend Kayuna. Yeah. So yeah, it's funny. There's like Warmaster has really been picking up because like even Kayuna has been uh, cranking out Warmaster. Uh, these are pink horrors, I believe, for his mm. Chaos Demons army. 
and he's a you know he's a, a great guy. He basically just does all of the stuff that he wants for himself, and then has decided to put together a Patreon page where you can give him like seven bucks a month, and you get all of his stuff. So yeah, he did some uh, some pink horrors. He's got most of the demons now. So quite a bit of stuff. Oh, Obi has an interesting theory: Poland and Portland. Hmm. Oh, it's basically the same place. Basically the same place. That must be what it was. <laughs> but you got some other no. stuff in the mail, right? Did I get some other stuff? I oh, did. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about hobby. It's hobby time. All right, so I I got a massive box of MDF from Sarissa, and I built it all over the course of like four days. So <laughs> awesome. Yeah, this is the this is the feudal. Oh, was it the mountain um, Japanese village table? Not table, but just a lot of their stuff. And so I'm building a. My idea is building an East World table. So this yeah. is a. Yeah, it's a it's a theme park where you get to go and pretend to be a local. I made West World table for Infinity. Really? Yes, that was my first table of terrain before Trash Town. Oh, it that's was awesome. Okay, it was okay. Uh, trash sounds better. <laughs> so, but well, so my plan we here. Were on the same, yeah, same right. Wavelength. Yeah. Well, well, so my my plan here was that uh, I need to. I'm probably gonna have to scratch build an objective room. Which, if I only have to scratch build one building, I'm doing okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and what I'm gonna do is the objective room is gonna be hard sci-fi inside. Yes. And then, of course, everything else is historic. You know, is historically accurate as as I care to get uh, for the outside. So what I did for mine was I used the um, central objective building from Warsenal. Oh, yeah, it yeah. comes with a second story and mm -hmm. a roof. Mm -hmm. So uh, because in Westworld they have elevators, uh, I made the roof to be uh, like a hill, like it's camouflaged. Oh. So it had like cacti on top and dirt and rocks because it was meant to be an elevator that came up. And in one game we played, Round one, it was just the roof. Round two was the second layer. Round three was the whole building because oh, that's it was brilliant. raising. That's brilliant. That, that was, was kind of fun. Is awesome. So wow. you can steal that idea right now if you want it. I I okay. am considering it very much. So internet, uh, I need your help here. Uh, one of the issues of this table that we've discussed is that there's kind of a lack of variation in in height, right, and mm. elevation. So. You know, we can just use some pink pink foam hills and stuff. But then I was like, well, clearly these hills should have sci-fi tunnels going through them. So anytime you see Adam on the internet, remind him of this fact. <laughs> yeah, like like you, Pete and Obi are just like, yeah, just do like fifty times more work. And I don't want to get this. I want to get this done for Rosa your eight. So we have another table to play on, man. But just but I'm just think big... how much cooler it would be if you had tunnels at Rosa your eight. This is your flagship event, Adam. Do you want to look bad in front of the world? <laughs> Well, I, I'm a big fan of infinitely tall buildings mm -hmm. as a go. way to break up sure. you know, lanes yeah. and not make a table so wide open. Um, but there's also, they have MDF Japanese castles. Yes. That's what this yes. table is missing. I've, I've played on I... a table with that before. It is pretty imposing. Yeah, I wanted to keep it, so I was looking at I, at one point in time, I definitely had the the castle in my cart. Yeah. Um, but then I went and rewatched Westworld, <laughs> and 
I really, I don't know, I really liked the idea of, like, they have these, like, just little nothing towns. Yes. In a lot of the places. And, you know, so I thought the most interesting part of this town should really just be the bell. You know, otherwise it is just, you know, there are a bunch of whatever farmers really just, you know, just uh, trying just to keep it as toned down as possible. Yeah, and, you know, I also definitely didn't want to have like the uh basically missing like a gong and mm-hmm. geisha girls and like really kind of over the top stereotypical garbage sure. uh, it, like there's no pagodas on the table yeah and yeah so I'm, I'm just trying to think of the uh yeah so the objective was my next barrier i'm also getting a locust 3d printed by a friend uh because I, I i don't know i just really like the the visual of this feudal village and then you know sci-fi Proper there, thing, like yeah. trying Absolutely. to try, trying to extract some important guy who's getting ambushed uh, while he's on vacation with his family, yeah, or not family. Absolutely. So it's going to be fun. I've ordered a new game mat for it. I opted against the fur game mat only because I had more buildings than I thought I was going to have, and so I was going to have to shave off too much of it to uh, to make like the, the area people walk. So okay. another neoprene mat for this. So how are you going to incorporate terrain rules? So I'm going to make a couple of rice patties. Okay. Yeah. Um, those are really easy to make on MDF with some clear, uh, with some like the, the marine, mm-hmm. uh, marine resin. Mm-hmm. I'm going to make a couple, I'm going to make a couple of rice patties. And I've actually also ordered uh, too much money uh, in trees from Scenery Express. Oh yeah. Trees. So are like good. model railroad trees. And I'm going to make kind of some dense clumps of trees. I don't really want to have like the trees that you pull off mm. uh, more like the trees that I did for the, the water table for my um the Albus islands oh sure except the clumps the clumps are gonna be bigger and more oddly shaped mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so that's where i'm gonna get my special train rules there you go that sounds fun yeah oh yeah, and tunnels, then yes yeah, tunnels so, what are the special so, train rules for the tunnels <laughs> um and also i'm getting dan to 3d print me a bit of a river mm. so i've got my special train rules i might do tunnels eventually you're not gonna make me do tunnels now damn it I just want to get this done. I ordered some stupid. I I ordered you. I I got a bunch of this. Like this is how stupid I'm getting. Uh I ordered a bunch of um, broom corn. Okay. Which is the straw that you make brooms from. And Lauren is going to help me tie tiny bundles to put in the carts around the table. There you go. Um, And now she is convincing me that I should just thatch the roofs. With broom corn. Oh yeah, They're, absolutely, one hundred percent. Think of how authentic that <laughs> will look, and and true to true. the source material. Right, it would look freaking rad. This could be the new top table at Rose City, right? I don't know why it's not broom straw. It's called broom corn, and it's one word that is the plant that you make it from. I agree, so. Obi. This table would look better with some <laughs> Thanks, Obi. Well, well, uh, John, what have you been doing for hobby? Well, tell us about all the tunnel systems you're gonna make. I painted up this Morlock. Uh, the face was a little damaged, like the uh, the cast, so I sort of had to paint on a smile. So it's kind of okay. Um, I'm 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 happy with the way the coat turned out. I mean, it's not the best thing I've ever done or that people have ever seen on the internet, but it's reasonable and it serves its purpose as a stabby stabby warband person. Um, but the real thing that I'm working on over the last couple of weeks is, of course, this table. So um, I've finished most of the large pieces of it. 
painted the. Hey John. Yeah. John. What's up? That, I think that table could use some more tunnels. Oh yeah. It it totally it totally could, and uh, I can just put them on there because I have them built already. <laughs> Man, that's that table is looking freaking rad, dude. I'm pretty pretty excited about it. The I was really concerned about how to integrate like the big bridge thing because that's three three levels of elevation there. A fourth if you count yep. the top of it. Um, and I didn't want to put it in the middle or worse yet in the deployment zone and just like have you know uh, Lemieux up there just ruining everybody's games. Um, so mm -hmm. I figured putting it in the center of the table, like on the center line off to one side, and then not pointing the viewports out towards the middle of the table where you can see like literally everything uh, might be a little better. So that's not bad. You yeah. can also use it selectively, like only use it if you have uh, exclusion zone missions. Yeah, right. Exactly. So this was frostbite. So we did it for exclusion zone. Um, yeah. So and, that works fine. Yeah. It worked out fine for that reason. So I think, I think that that worked out pretty well. Uh, it was kind of a fight for the positioning, which I, what I wanted uh, for it. Um, so I think it worked out nicely. Uh, here's the other side, so you can see. Um, but yeah, Eric and I had a pretty fun game on this. Um, and then, you know, we thought, well, how are we going to do the the objective room on this mission, on this map? So I did this as a uh, as a as a potential objective oh. room sort of thing, right? So this is this is the configuration that I wanted to play Panic Room on. Um, so it's asymmetric, right? There's there's two very mm -hmm. very clear ways in. Um, but uh, eventually the central corridor in the middle, right, it will be closed on the side with two entrances, right? So I didn't put a, a door yeah, there. Yeah. But that sort of forces you to come in from the, from the wings if you're on the opposite side of the table from the viewpoint of this picture. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, I don't know. It's, it's going to be interesting. I mean, this is like very sheltered spot uh, in the, the near deployment zone on the left because there's that enormous piece of broken spaceship there that sort of just like blocks off that corner entirely. And you have to go through like the, the escape hatch just to get to the center of the So I don't know. It'll be interesting to check it out um, and see how this plays. I, mean, I think it looks great. I would enjoy playing on this table. The uh, exploding ship. Yeah. Right? Like low orbit dock ship sabotaged and then your mm -hmm. team's going into to do whatever it's doing or, or get out. After having successfully blown the the ship to pieces, yep. yeah, it's good stuff. I'm I'm pretty it jazzed. Almost, you almost create you know if you did this um, if you had a bunch more of the tunnel network on the say the left hand side of the screen right now, mm -hmm. you, it almost looks like a like it could be a dry dock or something. Sure. With the ship between these two pods, and then it's under construction or whatnot. Yeah. So, so what Eric said, because uh, I was kind of hemming and hawing about a configuration like this, because it kind of broke the narrative in my head. Because you know, it wouldn't really be realistic for like a ship to be on like multiple sides of a space station, and then like the the controllers of the space station not having done something about it. Um, yeah. So. But then Eric was like, "Well, you you happen to choose similar colors to the space station, so maybe." The space station is broken, and this isn't a broken ship; it's a broken part of the space station. Oh! And I was like, yeah, "Oh, yeah, yeah, okay, that's that totally fixes it in my head." And he's also like, "This is obviously a Pano station because his Pano are are white and orange." And I was like, "Yeah, get out of here." Um, yeah, it's totally not a Nomad station, right? Yeah, because never Nomads are never painted with orange and white. And... Exactly. Um, but one one thing that I'm really interested to try out is the Blotz Terrain, which is uh, the company Blotz is the company that makes all this the busted up spaceship stuff. Um, they just like have random bits of 
stuff that don't go into any of the kits and they're just, I guess, for scatter. And so I've seen people like glue them on to parts just to break up line of fire a little more. Uh, but I'm thinking oh, about putting them on flight stands and making like floating bridges. So some, some, some thought to go into that still, but I think that'll be, that'll be. Yes. Fun. Yeah. Like what, a, what an action movie scene where they're on, you know, running across on top of the space station, jumping onto the floating debris. Yeah, exactly. Over right. off the other debris. Yeah. No. Yep. Make it happen. Yeah, so, so, to answer, so to answer the question, yeah. To answer the question about zero G, so this is actually a pretty punishing table. Everything that is uh not like a piece of MDF is zero G. Um and for the rules for Rosity Raid are is any any unit with a zero G skill gets super jump. So yeah. this is so, gonna yeah, be with our Rosity Raid intense. Oh, it's gonna be so much fun. Yep. Most of the doors are saturation. You can't really see in these pictures, but they have like little acrylic uh, like pixelated force field kind of effects. Um, so shooting through the door is uh, in, in, uh, induces a saturation effect. One of the weird things about this table, though, is there's lots of like single wall apertures, right? So like there's an airlock that's broken and there's the airlock door. Well, can you mm -hmm. shoot through that and then another aperture, like a window behind it? So we've sort of decided that uh, like you can only shoot through one layer of stuff and that seems to fix any of the really broken sight lines, which is nice. Um, so yeah, we've got a few games in on this table now. I think like three. Um, pretty happy with the way it plays. Have to Very try it cool, out man. So Willet, have you uh, got any hobby in lately? Absolutely. I mean, because it's a uh, summer break. This is the hobby season for me. This okay. is when I get to get my painting in. Because um, my kids are at daycare during the day. And then, like, I get all this free time to paint and build a table of terrain. That's what I did last summer. Um, so this summer, I'm doing the... Uh, I convinced the guys in the Arizona Infinity group to play some bolt action with me. Mm. Um, this is something that... I, I love World War II. Um, I have my, my master's degree is military history with a focus of World War II. So I have, like... I have like a big nerd hard on for World War II. Um, and so I've always wanted to build these models, but I didn't want to just build a model that was going to sit there and not do anything. Sure. Just be a, a, a dust collector. Like I wanted to do something with it. Problem is I don't want to play bolt action with the people who play <laughs> bolt action. Mm -hmm. I want to play bolt action with my friends. <laughs> Makes, uh, sense. Makes sense. So... I, I was like, hey, does anyone want to play this with me? And they're and like Tom from my cast was like, yeah, I'm in. So um, one of them is playing the Soviets, one's playing the British, uh, and I'm painting the North Africa Corps because uh, I'm also a big fan of Rommel. Mm -hmm. uh, I wrote I wrote a paper about him once. So um, I've got uh, I I actually have them over here on display. But I just finished up a tank uh, today. I have the 88 flat cannon. Uh, I painted a crew of guys, like a, a squad of about 10 guys. Um, and I've got... Uh, I'm using most of the models from Bolt Action. Then uh, Tom helped me order some Rubicon models, mm. which are 156 scale, just roughly the same scale. Uh, but these ones are kind of more... Um, uh, what's the word? Detailed? Yeah, they're more detailed. Um, 
The other thing about the bolt action models, if any of you are ever interested in, some of them are like brain dead, simple, so easy, so nice to put together, like uh, the little half track cars, like the whole tank tread with wheels and everything is just one big piece. It's like, yeah, nice, boop. I just want to play some games. Yeah. And some of the models are insanely complex. Uh, The 88 88 flat cannon was the one that just drove me insane. Uh, And this is just the bolt action one. This isn't like a complicated one. Um, It came with a piston, plastic piston system. That was insane. Well, so are these, aren't some of them like uh, repurposed Italieri? Uh, World War II model kits, or yeah, so Maybe. some of them, some of them are they're actually uh, model kits from model ki- model making manufacturers. Hey, you got that. Hey, there we nice. are. There we um, go. So yeah, one thing I love about bolt action is it illustrates how small tanks are. Yeah, <laughs> everyone's yeah. used to like, oh, so your standard APC is basically like a city block, right? Like, is it coming from 40k world? And it's like, oh, but right. no. <laughs> <laughs> this is my uh, Panzer IV that I just finished. And um, for me, I enjoy doing uh, some of the research, like the numbers on the sides of the tanks, 113. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Germans used those numbers as a way to identify the tank. So one, the first number was uh, first company. Second number was the platoon, so first platoon. The third number is which tank is it? It's the third tank. Mm-hmm. Oh, so interesting. This, so that's and I picked these numbers because originally I was going to do four one three, but that I did right to left, and I ran out of room. You see where it's like kind of like a little angle. Oh there. yeah, uh, I ran out of room. It happens. There you go. Yep, it's mm-hmm. okay. Um, this was I just did uh, dark sand and then a little bit of pale sand, mm-hmm. uh, yep. and then sponging on for some of the wear. Because um, what they did was they painted them. Um, this tan color, once they arrived, they were originally a gray color. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then these, oh gosh, these machine guns were insane. You have to do like uh, white metal origami to bend the <laughs> um, tripods into place. Oh, so uh, I did a, I'm pretty certain I did a real shitty job. So I'll probably get like sandbags to cover that up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I'm really big on. I know a lot of people really, really are talented and great at painting. I'm really good at like table ready. Like if you're looking at it at this distance, looks, you're gonna be like, "Wow, that looks good." It's really and good then you're gonna get here. Then you're gonna get really up to it. Go, ah, uh, never mind. This looks like shit. You didn't do the eyes. I'm gonna yeah, be like, right. Well, the uh, the bolt pattern on your wheels is actually incorrect for North yeah. Africa core. Yeah, so it's right. <laughs> not true. Uh, okay, so I posted some of these pictures on Reddit. Um, and people are like, um, why are there uh, cactus? Is there cactus in North Africa? I don't think they had cactus in North Africa. And I'm like, first of all, kiss my ass. Second of all, of course they did. I found a picture of like a German half track that ran into the cactus and got stuck. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So they have a type of cactus in North Africa. It's just it's dumb. A- I believe it's a, a a barrel cactus, and what you have there is mm-hmm. yeah, no. So that was actually I I tried to get into bolt action for yeah. about twelve seconds. Yeah, and was quickly um, well quickly decided that was not for me. I yeah. highly recommend that you get that starter box, 
convince your friends, start World War II amongst you and your friends, and then just be like, yeah, we're just going to play a couple games and have some fun, and we're not going to take it very seriously. Yeah, I was going to um, say, my, my North African core enjoys some uh, Nepolis tacos, right? So they brought the <laughs> correct species of cactus with them. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so then, that's that's project number one. That is called... Um, what did I call it? Uh, nope, I forgot. I okay. like to give my painting, my painting uh, tasks. I make a big task list for myself where I'm like, this is what I need to paint. Um, I give them names and I've already forgotten the German one. It's not Operation Valkyrie. It was something cooler. Anyways, uh, I also have Operation um, Rangoon which is uh, at the pat- last tournament that I went to uh, just this past weekend, I won a model painted by my friend, John Leiby. Okay. Oh, nice. is this, this going to get this looking oh, good? There we go. Uh, I feel like this is real shitty. Yeah. Anyways, also, tiger soldier. it's a tiger soldier uh, that he painted. He did such an amazing job. And I feel like that me holding in front of the camera did a horrible job showing it off. Um, <laughs> tabletop, tabletop ready. No, it's really good. Um, I when I saw that at on the table, I was like, "That's the thing that I want to win. That's all I care about is if I, sure. I win that." So I was able to snag it, and uh, it's this beautiful orange. He's on like a beautiful pink and blue base with uh, alien grass. John uh-huh. is really good at doing freehand, so he did stripes. And uh, Chinese character characters on his armor, um, just such an amazing model that I was like, "Yeah, I'm going to start Yujing, and oh, I'm going to build <laughs> this whole. I'm going to paint this whole army to match this." Okay. Um, can you give me lessons? <laughs> uh, so he like uh, gave me his recipes, and we'll see if I can live up to his expectations. Um, it's definitely a big inspiration for me to be like, yes, this is awesome. I want to be, I want something like this. So, um, I got, uh, cause I already had all the stuff from Caldstrom. Mm-hmm. So I'm doing white banner. Okay. Um, I was able to get the blue wolf from a buddy of mine. Oh yeah. Um, I had a real problem with the Zanshi that there's the cold weather ones with the parkas. Yep. And then there's the SWC box, which don't have parkas. Mm-hmm. And that... Just, just do what I did and sculpt parkas on them. Come on. Yeah, oh, yeah there you go. Uh, <laughs> that's just unacceptable to me and drives me insane. And yeah. they're not going to make the parka no. ones no, they're not. with SWC. So um, to get the the normal Zanshi came only from Red Veil. Mm-hmm. Um, I was very, very lucky that a buddy of mine had some. Uh, Sterling Rutherford. Mm-hmm. Sterling oh, Rutherford. Uh, yeah, he's a great guy. He really is. Um, he's really cool. So he hooked me up with that. And uh, I have now a bunch of remotes. Um, I've got a whole bunch of stuff. Man. And so uh, that's Operation uh, Rangoon. Two feet straight in the deep end. Totally. You are well on your way. All because you got one model. He, uh, one amazing model. Let me see if I can send a picture to you. Yeah, and then you be like, uh, then everyone can be like, oh sh, oh shit, that's what it looks like. Uh, I'm gonna send it to you on Facebook, Adam. Oh, sounds, sounds good. 
Uh, and then I'll send it to you on Signal, John. Sounds good. <laughs> we'll make uh, it happen. It's just, yeah. bouncing, just bouncing around. Um, is, uh, Obi yeah. is plugging his videos where he has done a um, a series of how to sculpt with green stuff barkas onto your Zanshi. How many Guilang do I have? I think I have two. Maybe. I don't know which ones they look like. I'm also really bad at telling them apart. The other night at game night, I was talking about the Zanshi, and my buddy was talking about the Shang-Gi. I was mm-hmm. like, what? What are you, we're not, what are you talking about? Are we talking they, about the same thing? He's they like, don't yeah, have like, spikes on their back. And he's like, no. The Shang-Chi. heavy armor? Yeah. And I was like, no, I'm talking about the Zanshi. And he's like, oh. So, that's, that's like me and Toha. I'm pretty sure there's only oops. one unit name for Toha. And oops, yes. everyone just makes makes up the rest. Like yes. I, I believe that Sakiel is the only thing, and everything else is some variation <laughs> just made up after that. Sakiel, a Rukiel, a Sukiel. Morats too, with the the Go Rats and the No Rats and the <laughs> just just throw just throw a syllable in front of rats and you're fine. There it is. There it is. There it is. Look at that goddamn thing. Oh, that looks great. Gosh. Yes. John is really, really talented. He um, made an entire O12 uh, army of cowboys. They all have cowboy hats sculpted on them. They are all, um, some of them are like Overwatch models that he's like proxying, but um, they all look fantastic. Uh, He's just a really, really talented painter with a, a really good eye what looks good and so when i saw that model i was like i must have it i got fourth place in that tournament and i was like heck yes i got well done well done nice Eh, thank you thank you uh chainsaw got first place of course surprising everyone (laughs) uh the good news is i actually made a lot of money because i placed a bet on him (laughs) oh hilarious because i have a gambling problem this is well known (laughs) that's why you play infinity right that's right I am looking. I'm looking forward to Tim coming up for the Rose City Raid. He's really awesome. So, anyways, those are my two main pro- hobby projects this this uh, um, <laughs> this summer. That's, that's <laughs> okay. awesome. Yeah. I like to do games. That's what I like to do. <laughs> All right. So let's talk. Uh, talk about some games. I unfortunately. Had a crazy weekend and didn't get anything in. Sad. Sad face. I know, right? Such a bummer. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, John. You're welcome. <laughs> so sorry, John. What did you what did you play? Uh, I played a game versus Eric. Oh, that's right. Son of a bitch. Um which uh, was a lot of fun, actually. He came over uh, Saturday morning, and he ended up staying uh, well late into the evening. We had like a barbecue and some friends over. Everybody's vaccinated now. We can do these things. And then after the barbecue, we played some heavy gear. Um, but yeah, we played uh, Frostbite on the table that we were looking at earlier, right? So I don't have to go through all the details. I took a limited insertion list because I'm crazy. Um, I know it's an illegal list, but it didn't. And if you read the battle report, it ended up not mattering at all. Uh, it's a legal link, sorry. The list is legal. It's just I have I have a... Jaguar and a Wildcat in the same list, in the same link, which you can't do, but everything is a wild card in Corregidor, except for those things. I know. And then he took uh, he took a very crazy vanilla hawk list, 
which what? has a bigger group two than a group one because he's like, oh, it's easier in the app. I was like, you're you're blowing my mind, man. Um, <laughs> Can you do that? Is that legal? I don't think so. <laughs> it doesn't work like that. Broke the app. Um, but yeah, it was fun. He took a, a Yara sniper, which is something you don't really see very often, I think. Um, and he got some good use out of it. Didn't kill the gecko, but uh, did some fun stuff. Yeah, well, IR still have that like neg six surprise shot, don't they? They do, they do. It's true. Uh, but at that point, I already gotten him out of hollow, so it wasn't a big deal. Okay. Um, but yeah, I had a, I had a good time. It was a uh, it was a fun like lots of like weird things happened. Like I dodged a Vader off a roof just so I wouldn't get shot by a Azrael as like a Fide was moving around. And then you know you can read the battle report if you want to know all the details. But it was it was a good time. Um, basically it all came down to this interaction here where I just stayed in close combat with this coon by continuously whapping it with my Paris CCW. And it was really funny. Um, <laughs> and that prevented my, my Wolfgang from dying. So oh, that, that worked out. There you go. Um, and how then like, how did you find the, uh, frostbite in the new, new edition? It's fine. It's fine. Uh, it was a bit of a struggle to pick a good data tracker, but that was a function of my list and my idiocy and not anything else. Um, but yeah, I was I was really pleased with with the gecko's performance and being able to drag an evader boarding shotgun engineer around was just fantastic. Um, so that was really cool. Oh, that's clever, right? I mean, might as well. are wild. Yeah. So they they can take up that spot in the gecko duo. Mm-hmm. Gross. Yep. Um, and then like I had this I had this great moment. I was like, all right. I'm in close combat with this one coon biker. The other coon biker is there, and I don't want him to like roll up and also get into close combat because that would be annoying. So I'll go shoot him with my gecko. That seems like a good plan, right? So I shoot him with the gecko. I roll super well, and then Eric's like, "I crit." I'm like, "Poo." Okay. So then he like throw, he's just smoke on one angle. So I like spent all these orders maneuvering the gecko to the other angle, and I was like, "I'm gonna shoot you again," and he crit again. <laughs> I was like, "God damn it!" I didn't have enough orders to get in, and then uh, intuitive attack chain rifle him or something. So very sad, very sad. And I was wishing Wildcats had uh, had um, Wild Card, so I could have paired uh, a MSV one engineer with him. But sadly, that's not a thing in Corregidor. Womp womp. Um, but yeah, it was it was a good time. I recommend go checking it out. Uh, basically, boiled down to uh, uh, Wolfgang dodging on 17s against chain rifles all game, and that worked out. Okay. Um, but I also played a game of Heavy Gear on this table. We took away some of the yeah, corridors right. just to make things a little. So this wasn't like a full blown game. It was just me sort of teaching Eric how to play Heavy Gear because he's never played it before. Was interested. <laughs> Um, and it was very strange playing on an infinity table with like corridors and stuff. It worked fine. Um, but I think mechanically, mechanically it works, but visibly it looks, it weird. looks very strange. It was like a tank next to a crate. Like the crate is like the size yeah. of the tank. And you're like, this is a very big crate. Uh, but it was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. Uh, and maybe there's a tank in the crate. Maybe there's oh. a tank in the crate. That's what it is. They're floating and there's a lot of hover tanks. Or more crates, here. more infantry sized crates inside the exactly. larger shipping crate. There you go. Mm-hmm. Um, but <laughs> it was a good time. He had a good time. Uh, he played Caprice. I played uh, Pack, and uh, okay. he's in love with Echo snipers because that's the correct Echo to play. Um, but yeah, so maybe we'll have so, another person playing Heavy Gear soon. We'll just, we'll just send him a starter box and he'll be in. Oh yeah, I, he's 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 he immediately gravitated towards the Echo sniper because they're like mathematically superior, and he likes that sort of thing. Um, yeah, sure. But. I think we should expose him to some more of the other factions before we just randomly send him a pack. So Yeah, right, for sure. Yeah. Well, great. And then, uh, so how about you, Elliot? 
so last Saturday, I actually got to participate in a tournament. What? I know. An ITS tournament. A, a for real one? Yes, in person. Like somebody got a model at the end and everything? Yes. Amazing. What? What's it like? Um, it was pretty amazing just to spend time with my friends. Uh, in Arizona, we our, our local game store, Games U, obviously closed down during the pandemic. Um, then some of um, some places started reopening again, mainly schools. So I had to go back to school uh, teaching in person back in October. So sometime in the fall, we kind of just decided that some of us are out and exposed and we're at risk anyways. So we might as well play games, too. Sure. Um, and uh, Sterling Rutherford was very, very serious about um, creating protocols to keep us safe. We always wear masks. We don't touch each other's things. Uh, we don't shake hands. Uh, the uh, terrain has to be sanitized. So oh. he has a spray that he sanitize it with. Uh, you're not allowed to food and drink. Uh, I mean, the list goes on, but we were able to still play games. Mm-hmm. Does Sterling have a shop or? Um, he he works at GamesU. He's the manager. I see. Oh, okay. Got okay. It. Okay. This makes more sense. Um, I never made that connection. Yeah. Yep. And, and uh, so what happened was we were still playing games, but it was really just four of us because really everybody else was stay, was able to stay was home. Able to they isolate. didn't yeah. have jobs. Yeah. Uh, whereas the four of us plus Sterling were people who we were out and we were forced to be out anyways. Um, so recently now everyone's getting vaccinated. Almost our entire, I think our entire game group got vaccinated. We were all excited. We're like, look, I got my jab. Look, look at that. So we got to get back into things. So Sterling put together a tournament for us. Um, and I'll tell you a little bit about it. I was playing, uh, military orders. Uh, I was playing a 15 order list. Uh, and I only have one list because I am one list will it. Everybody knows this about me in our friends group. There you um, go. My thing is uh, why take many lists when one list just as good? It's, um, it's true. I mean, obviously, it's if it ain't smarter, broke, don't fix it, right? But I often find that um, I get easily uh, confused about what's mm-hmm. it, what I'm bringing. And mm. even though I practice, practice, and practice these two lists, um, I feel just more comfortable taking one. And maybe it works, maybe it doesn't. Um, the other thing that I run into is the decision of like, should I take list A or B? Oh, I'll take A. Sure. And then I lose. And I'm like, you stupid moron. You should have taken B. You would have <laughs> Idiot. Idiot. So I just take one list, just one list. Sure. And it's become one list, will it? One bullet in the gun. <laughs> all you need that's like i don't know why that reminds me of like disneyland disneyland okay okay i grew up in southern california i love yes. disneyland of course disneyland has gangs uh-huh right and they're like they're not they're not like they're not the scary gangs that exist outside of disneyland in right. anaheim but they're you know a bunch of people that are like we like disneyland and we're all gonna hang out together and yeah. call our, okay. give ourselves some silly name and so for fun, uh, we kind of made up our own Disneyland gang, which I think is about as official as any other Disneyland gang is. Of course. Um, and uh, please don't come for me, Disneyland gang people. <laughs> but uh, so the, the 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 ride that we picked as our as our our motto or as our uh, our Turf. mascot Turf. was the Jungle Cruise. Yeah. Uh-huh. 
we were the jungle bruisers and the the logo that we made for it was a uh the cylinder of a uh of a revolver with yeah. one with one bullet yeah because if you've ever been on the jungle cruise it is the only gun in the park and he fires at one time to scare away a hippo and yeah, yeah so it's just like but like the most badass like hardcore like one bullet one bullet that's all you need that's right one list will it so uh the list had <laughs> uh three trinitarians um okay off to two... a good start Two were the um, infiltrating Ford observers. One was a multi-sniper. Um, mm-hmm. And then I had a Crozier link team, uh, mainly of the Knight of Justice with Spitfire. Um, the Crozier with Spitfire. The Infirmerer. Infirmerer. Um, um, a regular Crozier uh, who looks like my wife uh, the, with the undercut. That's, that's the Kayla Crozier. And then the, the guy with the Spitfire has a beard. That's the Chris. Oh. Uh, Crozier, um, and then uh, I had the the mechanic, and then various other bullshit. Anyways, um, the first game was unmasking, where I played uh, Higure Yume, who's my friend JP. Uh, we actually went to high school together, and we didn't even know each other in high school, but we know each other now. Huh. So I lost hard to him. Uh, it was uh, six to two. Okay, uh, this was unmasking. So he, what had happened was. He went first with Invincible Army. He had a really strong link team of the Zhangxi, the the heavy infantry. And he had three TR bots. Sure. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, one engineer with two remotes. Yep. And they were all prone right next to the TR bots. So he went first. I and I and I'm like, oh, you're playing limited insertion, huh? Well, enjoy your eight orders. <laughs> And uh, he's, like, he's like, yeah, I have it's... 14. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I was like, OK, well, here we go. And uh, this leads him to uh, kill my Teutonic Knight with a missile launcher, like very first order. Just boom, that guy's dead. And I'm like, Ugh. and then from that point on, it was just my dice were not awake in that mm, first game. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, every time I would I would like do something, I'd be like, I score. I rolled a two. And he'd be like, well, I rolled a 12. And that's a success. And I'd be like, yeah, that's better. Okay. Uh, and it was like that the whole game where I was just getting, I was losing, losing, losing. And it was the very last couple orders where I was able to stave off the um, 10-0 because I had my two HVTs behind this little building and mm-hmm. I had a Warcore, a Fugazi, and one Trinitarian who was able to take down that super link team with a mine, with plucky courage, <laughs> and blinding the last two guys who remained. And he was just like, well, I can't kill those two guys. I'm blinded. And I'm like, that's right. So Take that. that you can't kill them if you can't see them. That's right. So that was really good. My next round was against a guy named Simon, um, who is very, very new. Uh, I think it was only like his second or third game. Oh, um, oh goodness. Yeah. We had a we had a couple very new players. Uh, we have a guy awesome, whose name though. is yes, Bob. It was at least his second, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, we have a guy whose name is uh, Bum. He's brand new. Uh, we have a couple of newer players who showed up to this tournament. And I'm like, great. This is your best chance to play three games in a row. Mm-hmm. You will never yeah. get that many games in one sitting. Um, so as Simon, uh, our game was a lot of me. First, it was on my table, Trash Town, which was nice. Um, and so I had like the home field advantage. But then I was constantly having to be like, you know, 
maybe you shouldn't do that. So like he deployed his link team like this. Oh gosh. Just clumped five guys in within this area of my hand right. behind in template um, formation. This... That's what I like to call it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, beh behind a um, I have a, these soda cans that are painted to be terrain. Sure. So he's literally just hiding behind that. That was it. Okay. And his missile launcher guy was smack dab in the middle, completely surrounded. And I was just like, okay, maybe you know, if I was doing this, I would deploy him a little bit differently. Um, or he had his uh, the iguana mm -hmm. tag. Mm -hmm. uh, that's the one with the release yep, pilot. Yep. yep the ejection out. system. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So uh, he was like, oh, I'm going to run into this building. Uh, here's the door. Here's his tag comes up and there's the infirmer. And I'm like, I know he, I know what he wanted to do was to flamethrower them all. But I'm like, I'm going to dodge engage you. And so I had to kind of walk him back from doing that because I would have felt really bad. Sure. <laughs> like, here's this, here's this newer guy. And here I am just like, yeah, your tag is dead. Yeah. So gone. for those of you who don't know, infirmers are CC20 with monofilament CCWs. So yeah, that's why that's yeah. a thing you want to avoid if you're running a tag close to an infirmary. So I still won, but um, I was trying to keep him from just like making mistakes that he didn't really even know that he was making. Sure. And I wasn't just mm -hmm. going to like dunk on him. Yeah, and then yeah, my yeah. final game was against uh, Danicky, who is uh, Dave Peterson, who uh, is a really great player. He, he and I, uh, he was playing JSA and what had happened was there was a lot of matches that he probably should have won, a lot of dice trades that he probably should have won. Right. Um, but the biggest thing for me was the Trinitarian Sniper. In our table, there was one building kind of, it wasn't in the center, but it was it was just shy of that 24 inches. So I put the Trinitarian right on top. It was the tallest oh, no. building. Yeah, so uh, I spent all my. I went first. I spent a bunch of orders killing some of his guys. He had a bunch of Ryuk and Nine. I was mm -hmm. able to take down uh, some Tonkos. We're using the Knight of Justice. Sure. Um, mm -hmm. Then he's like, "Oh, I'm gonna roll up and take care of this guy," and I'm like, "Oh, well, there's also a sniper up here." And he's like, "He's like, that is so rude. How could you?" And I'm like, "I'm sorry. I, I, I mean, had it was, to. It was right there. Yeah. How could yeah. I not?" Now, the, the highlight of that game was his... Uh, I was able to kill one Tonko. It was a, tr a Harris. I was about to say a triad. A Harris of two Tonkos and Musashi. Mm -hmm. Been there. One, Been of there. The, one of the heroes of tonight. So uh, Musashi rolls up, uh, is able to get three crits on a Crozier. So that Crozier made 16 explosive armor saves. It was the most armor saves ever. I was like, it was like we were playing Warhammer. Sixteen saves. Yeah, because Holy uh, it's shit. explosive. That's three, and it's crit. That's four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm just, I'm just shocked like that you saves. made them. But still, I did not succeed. I made them. What's the difference? <laughs> okay, all right. Made, okay, okay. He made okay. the roll. He okay. did not all right. pass. So, okay, it was bad, but she deserved it. Um, and, uh, I just like, he went and close combat her and I just shot at them at him and he died. So, so, so uh, somebody asked me, or Jeremy asked before, before ammo, which I'm also loving right now. <laughs> They're amazing and totally different army than they were before. Yes. Uh, what were, what were you playing? I guess, uh, before ammo and three era, maybe. What a great question. Uh, I have a lot of armies, uh, cause I have a serious problem. 
Uh, in fact, You're I actually have company. a shelf right here in front of me with them with the painted ones on display. So uh, a year ago, my painting project was Pano. Uh, I think that was Operation Pitter Patter Paint Splatter. Uh, and then I also have Akari Company. And I've actually yes. always really enjoyed them. I painted my Fat Wan Wans. Uh, I got uh, two boxes, so I had four of them and did their arms, each one a little bit differently. And I painted oh, nice. them each like Ninja Turtles. So one, <laughs> they all have like green shirts, but like one has blue knee pads and a blue bandana and an sure. orange bandana and so on and so on. And it's because you have to roll booty for them. And I needed to differentiate them in my head. Yep, yep, yep. So yep, I'm yep. like, I, and then I'd be like, all right, so Leonardo leads. Let's roll for Leonardo. Donatello does machines. Raphael's cool but rude. But Michelangelo's a party dude. And then my opponents are just like, oh my God, just stop it. <laughs> Go on once. Uh, so I, that, uh, I played Toha. Uh, I took Toha to Spain. That was pretty fun. Um, then uh, I also had a lot of fun with Aleph because I love Achilles. Achilles mm -hmm. is one of my favorites. Uh, I have a lot of combined army. I don't have a lot of success with combined army, but I have a lot of combined <laughs> army. I have a lot of Morats that are painted. I have a Deshot that's painted. Oh, nice. Um, Deshot was really fun because I liked being like, here's McMurrow. Mm -hmm. And they're like, he played McMurrow? And then I'd be like, like he didn't hold him reserve. I'm like, oh, and, and I had the Magariba guard, but I kept it down in my bag. And I'd be like, <laughs> chomp, chomp, chomp. There she is. And they're like, there's a McMurrow and a Magarita. I'm like, yes, there is. You're going to have to play that. Deal with that. Um, so I played a little bit of everything. Yu Jing is one that I haven't played. That's a shorter list of what I haven't played. But now I'm yeah. building this Jing army. Um, I have never played Ariadna. I, I've played uh -huh. very little Nomads, maybe when I first started. Mm -hmm. But those are the main actions I've not played. But everything else I have a lot of. There so. you go. That's a... Yeah, an easy question is the the what have you not played? Yeah, right. Yeah, it's a short, it's a shorter answer. I've been playing a long time, for like yeah. a, a seven, eight years. Oh God, I don't even want to think about it. <laughs> so, well, great. I'm jealous of you getting uh, getting some tournaments in. Yeah, it was fun. Very jealous. All right. Well, it's that time. Prizes, woo! So. Uh, Mythic Games every week gives us or gives uh, one of our lucky listeners $10 in store credit to moe-games.com. All you have to do is be here and join us live and enter the magic word which Willet is about to lay down. Mm -hmm. One word, no spaces. On people. Just pick a word, any word. Oh. Uh, type in the chat. Achilles <laughs> is the word. All right, there you go. Okay. I was going to pick my ITS name, Agamemnon, but nobody can spell it, including myself. <laughs> well, fortunately, it's 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 up there on the screen if, if you had picked that. But uh, there you go. All right. Wait, so, John, that's not how you spell it. Well, that's what I copied and pasted what you sent me. I don't know how to spell it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. All right. Oh, so, uh, John, let's go ahead and hit that button. And then I will tell whoever won. Obi, congratulations. 
his bribe worked. And uh, so I'll go ahead and send your information over to Ruben, and he will let you or he'll hook you up with $10 in credit to Mythic Games. So, yeah, for those who don't know, he's a West Coast distributor of games. The biggest game he distributes, I think, is Infinity. Mm -hmm. So he just basically offers a service to a lot of the local game stores here in providing a easier to work with uh, solution for stocking Infinity than having to go through one of the big guys with like minimum orders and horrible shipping times and all that stuff. So there we are. Congratulations, Obi. And uh, thank you all, of course, for supporting us and this podcast. Yay! Without further delay, it's time for the main event. All right, here we go. Ding, ding, ding! It's time. We are uh, here to basically talk about close combat and to celebrate it through inglorious combat. Combat, combat. Uh, too many times. Kumate, Kumate, Kumate. Has anyone <laughs> ever seen Bloodsport? Yes! Of uh, course! Yes, this is what this is. This is the Kumate. They're going to fight to the death. Oh, Two my men enter, one man leaves. I absolutely should have now, in retrospect, photoshopped your face on the like screaming um, Jean Claude Van Damme with the bloody <laughs> nose. Yes. It would have been great. Or you on the Jean Claude Van Damme doing the splits between the two semis. Yes. Um, that all would have been. <laughs> any any been of those, any of those would have been fine. You could just do that for fun. Yeah, yeah. man. Next yeah. time, next time. Uh, no one's stopping you. Whenever you need a new profile picture for Facebook, let me know. So, yep, cat. This is my cat, uh, Joanna Gaines. There are a lot of animals in my house. So, excellent. Awesome. So, all right, let's talk a little bit about close combat. So, we, we don't just want to sit here and roll dice or for no fun. We would like to, to educate the audience uh, a bit on close combat and infinity because it is a tool that you might not even use every game. You might use it very rarely, but it's actually something that, when the time is right, is very handy to have. It's good so, stuff. Yeah, like so. For those who don't know how it works, it's basically a. It's usually a single dice roll off with your CC stat against your opponent. Most things have a CC stat of between like thirteen and sixteen for like your your basic units, thirteen mm -hmm. and fifteen. Um, your nerds. Hmm? You're nerds. Yeah. yeah, exactly. They're nerds. They didn't. They didn't work out. They didn't learn how to fight. Yeah, <laughs> and but the thing is, like, that's a higher stat than you're used to seeing across any other stat in your profile. Mm -hmm. Your CC is going to be higher in your ballistic skill. Your CC is be higher in your fizz, your whip, often. Um, but just because that that number is higher, doesn't actually mean it's better. Because instead of capping at about fifteen, mm -hmm. does anything sixteen in the game? Avatar? No, I think Avatar is fifteen. Um, like it's capping at 25. Yes. So it's on a totally different scale. And uh, to, to, to ensure better chances of winning that, there are skills, uh, martial arts, national born warrior, berserk. There are some things that give additional, like plus one burst. Minus um, so your opponent's CC, that sort of stuff. Yeah. That will, that will affect that individual face to face role. But, the the big thing to emphasize here is that it is almost always one dice, unless you have a very high level of martial arts or have the plus one burst from either uh, two of the same like two pistols for the Nazareva twins or um, Janstar, Janstar or plus one burst from 
Uh, Noreki is just having a set base. Or friends. Or friends, yes. Yep. Yeah, or friends. Um, yeah, don't fight alone. Bring your buddies and beat them up. That's so, how Musashi was able to get three dice for his close combat because oh. one of them was a Tonko. Mm. There you go. So, uh, but the important thing is that when it's one dice, even if you are good at close combat, you it's easy to roll bad on one dice. It is. And even if you're bad at close combat, it's easy to roll mediocre on one dice. And mediocre beats bad. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, Infinity is clearly a game about gun shooting. And oftentimes, close combat is not the right tool to use. Mm-hmm. But... It- it depends. But it can be. So let's uh, let's talk a little about why it's important. So a couple of the things with close combat, like you are, it is this one dice versus one dice so often, or there are some additional rules you can use to get a different advantage there. Um, what was it? So like stealth is going to help you move into close combat better, right? So if you can stealth into close combat, you're not you might not be drawing other arrows on your way in. So that's like an important. Hmm? Plus, if you have smoke. Yep. Yep. If you have smoke, you throw smoke on someone, you're going to walk into close combat. You can't shoot them. Oh, so really quickly, uh, this is a great question. Clint asks, how do skills above 20 work? So in Infinity, anytime your target number is greater than 20, you actually add the difference between 20 and your target number to your dice roll. It is the only time you modify the face of a dice. So this means if you are, let's say you're Musashi and you're CC25, and you're using martial arts to get plus three to your CCs here, martial arts 28, you add eight to your dice roll. Yep. And the ending result, if it's 20 or greater, is a crit. So mm-hmm. if Musashi rolls one, D, if he rolls his 1d20, um, well, he rolls two because he has martial arts, but if he rolls a three, it's actually an 11. Yep. That's right. If he rolls a 12, it's a crit. If he rolls a 12, it's a crit. So 40% chance to crit. With an explosive close combat weapon. Pretty good. It's pretty. <laughs> I also have a, another thing about that, too, is that um, in my Monday game, uh, the Knight of Justice was fighting Andromeda mm-hmm. in close combat. Mm-hmm. Um, and we both have very high uh, close combats. So I believe he rolled an 18, which is a crit because yep. he was 22. Yep. yep. And I rolled, uh, we'll say, a, a 19 which is a crit. Yep. So we just both crit, which means nothing happened. Right. Yeah. And that was very frustrating for my friend, but I kind of think of it as like, we're both so good at fighting that we can't lay a finger on each other. Just like in the princess bride when they're dueling. Yeah, exactly. And then I spent another order and I was like, just as a heads up, I'm not left-handed. And then I switched (laughs) to my right hand. I think I, to me, I feel like the double crit is that, that shot that happens in every fight scene where Mm -hmm. like, their blades are crossed and their faces are way too close. Yes. It's, it's like that from the angle. Absolutely. The, the, the you got to see, the see the teeth. They're grinding yeah. just like the Urgh. blades. Um, sparks flying everywhere. Like yep. that's the that's the double crit moment. Um, but no, so, but the thing is, it is an important tool, mm-hmm. right? It uh, Actually, I think for me, the biggest one is that ability to uh, smoke and move around a corner and get somebody in close combat. To basically, what your your goal is to eliminate options from your opponent. For me, at least, that's that's how I feel. Close combat works. Yeah. Uh, because once you're in combat, 
most options look terrible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, if if you're facing down like a fully linked Aguasil who's rolling two dice on 15s against you, that sucks. But yeah. if you can re- if you can reduce them to one dice on a 13, that could help, especially if you're talking about a warband unit that's not going to roll great at range or even just a mediocre like a skirmishing unit. Yeah. Um, um another thing is like if your opponent has uh mimetism minus mm-hmm. three or mimetism yeah. minus six. So yeah, shooting at them, you're like, ugh. But if you close combat them, you can that doesn't come up. Right. Yeah, you can, you're you can negate in the saturation zone yeah. and cover. Exactly. Um I also think about uh your you mentioned warband units are usually very cheap, like the um Shaolin monks, Shaolin mm-hmm. warriors. The Shaolin warriors in Yuching are like five points. Yep. Yeah. And they hit like it's trucks. all about can I punch up? Can I trade up and kill your twenty-five point guy with my five-point guy? You win. Hey, who who cares? It was five points. Yeah, that's. I mean, that, that's an interesting thing. Is that, like ranged weapons in Infinity are very expensive. Mm-hmm. Close combat weapons in Infinity are very cheap. It just doesn't come up as often, like you said. Yeah. So if you can leverage if you can leverage close combat in your favor, then then that's what you want. Right. So, uh, again, going back to things like uh, if you're facing like a Swiss guard, mm-hmm. you know, if, if it's not on a rooftop, if you can get to it, you can just lock it in close combat is going to turn into a slap fest. They're going to waste orders. Uh, one of my favorite things to do is to move up the cheap war band into close combat with, say, your tag or something similar. And then to be like, okay, I'm going to leave this now. Yep. And you're like, what? Now you're tied up and engaged. You cannot react outside of this close combat. And uh, when it's your turn, you have to deal with him. And you might die. You might you might take wounds. Right. So it or gives you orders. Oppor- yeah, it gives you an opportunity to tie up an expensive target. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I'm not going to waste my orders and have my guy die. You are. Yeah. Yeah, if you can survive that initial round and just leave them there, they're stuck. Um, and of course, you know, they could try to dodge out. That happens. You have to beat their CC. But um, it, it's it's really, to, to me, like I said, it's a tool for controlling that model. Mm-hmm. If I'm in close combat, that model can't shoot at me. If I'm in close combat, like, I don't want to keep pumping orders necessarily into it because the dice rolls are terrible. And your opponent also might not want to pump dice into it because the odds are terrible. So then they're going to have to think about some way to to otherwise get them out of combat, move another model in to get the the extra CC bonus. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it, it, overall, but like the, the the general idea of why it's important is because it is a tool that you have access to that everybody has access to, even if you suck at close combat. Yeah, I mean the other thing now, to consider is that how much resources should you invest in it too, right? So there's definitely clear returns on investment, right? So I send a Morlock with EMCCW after Avatar, things like that. Um, Shut up. But I mean, like that's, that's, a re- that's a real thing you should do, right? I think that's good. But do you want to blow your whole turn doing that? Is it a different story? Um, tying something up, even if it's uh, going to be a loss on your end, like you might throw an Aguasil under the bus, right? Just to be in close combat with something, just to tie it up. That's the thing you can do. Uh, well, you de- you, like you said, you definitely want to use the right tool. I sure. don't think I would throw the Agua Seal at the Avatar, but the Morlock, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, and I might throw an Agua Seal at an Avatar. The Avatar is not good in close combat. Yeah. It's pretty decent. But it's certainly better than an Agua Seal. Armor? 
Are you going to yeah. beat his armor? Not no, really. you can just no, walk you're not. away from here. I mean, the yeah. the idea is that you know you're you're trying to tie somebody up. Like I don't I don't think it's a like, yeah. but I guess I guess the question I'm trying to try to get at is like, how much do you bank on this, right? So a great example is um yeah, is an interaction that we had in our game, Adam, with your Father Knight versus my Sass. Yeah, it turns out they're actually pretty evenly matched in terms mm. of in terms of CC yeah, skill. Yeah, was a bad idea. Right. So like a Sass, <laughs> let's, let's let's look up the stats real quick. So a Sass is uh is MA two. Uh, CC twenty two, right? And a uh, uh, father, uh, sorry, a knight of justice. I, I will never get that right. <laughs> father knight is CC. Uh, sorry, knight of justice is CC twenty three. Also MA two, right? Yeah. So you you got me on one. Yep. Um, and uh, you have a DA CCW, and the SAS has an AP CCW, which is probably the thing that is is the right pairing there. I think. So yeah. we're roughly on even odds. Like you have a slight edge because you're CC 23, one point over me. So you intentionally got into close combat with this SAS, right? Was that a good idea or not? No. Well, I, I'm learning it wasn't. It did take, there, there were four dice rolls or four CC rolls. There was a three CC rolls. It yeah. was four. It was four. Up to me, four. Yeah. Um, I felt like I just needed one of them to go my way. Sure. So I was I was tossing a coin four times. Yeah. Right. Is what I was hoping. But you could have also fight, just shot me in the egg. face with a Spitfire, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I think also cool. I think also the issue here is that the fought Knight of Justice yeah, and the and the SAS are 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 pretty much equal, and you yeah. don't want to make that fight. You don't want Jackie Chan and Jet Li to fight each other, even though that's going to be awesome. Yeah, yeah. it's going to be awesome yeah. when Musashi fights Achilles, right? You want Achilles to go punch a Fusilier, right, and pop him in half, and and you want to beat up nerds and take their lunch money. You don't want <laughs> to fight people who can actually fight back. You don't want to pick up someone your own size. That's the benefit of post combat, yeah. in my opinion. But even still, yes. right? Like I think the crits are more dangerous in close combat, or at least these the roll because it's 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 uh, so low burst. Right? I think everybody's mm -hmm. got a story about like I know I've I've crit decharge Achilles with the tank hunter back when they still had decharges. I've crit uh, yep. Hulang with the decharge with the Metro of all things, right? Mm -hmm. So like these things happen. It's inherently more risky, and you have to decide like can I? I think um, it's probably more of a of a of a thought then like do i uh throw like, like do i take my h uh, aphmg you know kazakh and go after this thing with an hmg or do i spend a bunch of orders like rolling somebody into close combat who's like cc 25 rolling on this fusilier right but there's a pretty good chance that i might lose it if i'm if i'm not lucky so like i yeah. would I would also like to point out um, the benefit of using war bands with impetuous orders. Mm -hmm. um, so that can help to reduce the cost, the opportunity cost here. What am I spending sure. orders on? Um, however, since the new edition, um, N4, they've changed impetuous orders. So now you run directly towards the opposite table edge, not the closest enemy. Right. Yeah. So this was really lame in my game because here's Andromeda and uh, my Teutonic Knight is here. So I'm like, great, I'm just going to run towards Andromeda and I'll get that eight inches closer 
and save that order, I would have spent walking. Sure. And John pointed out, no, you have to go away, eight inches away, straight into the TR bot. And I was like, Boo. But the good news, good news is mean, you don't have to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Everything is that's the trade. Regular impetuous now. Yeah. That's the trade. So flame. What are the one of the things that John started to touch on here is when to not use mm. close combat. And this is this is a really funny topic because the the obvious answer is when there are better options, right? And <laughs> but, but really know. what it is is that there are yeah, <laughs> da, 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 episode over. <laughs> um, but really, the like that's important to stress because mm-hmm. when you play armies, specifically military orders, uh, guilty and JSA, people want to try to use that high CC skill. That's mm-hmm. right. And just because you have a high CC skill does not mean you should be aiming to, you should be expending more effort than than really much to, to get into close combat. Yeah, I think, I think that's fair. I mean, I love using Achilles and I love crushing people with his explosive close combat weapon, but uh, you're, it, you, it's not fun when you, you're like running him up to go kill people and there's a hacker right there <laughs> or yeah or or a, a pitch or like a, a repeater that you thought you were outside of eight right. inches and you yeah. were actually seven seven and three quarters and you're like oh, right and dude has an odd spitfire like what <laughs> yeah like yeah, yeah no sure he's amazing in close combat uh but he's also really amazing at not close combat this is true and that's why i like him Right, so so inherently, uh, ranged attacks let you um, exert the model over a larger portion of the board. Right, to get into close combat, you have to spend orders. So if you were spending five orders to go get Achilles into close combat and punch something in the face, could could you have not killed more stuff with that five orders with the rest of your army? Uh, and more importantly, is he in a good place now? <laughs> yeah, you have to retreat from. So I feel like one of the one of the issues with JSA as a beginner's army in particular um, is like a you want to go use CC, and B that's usually a bad idea, and you're going to spend too many orders doing it. Yeah, although when I played Toha, I did always bring a McCall into the triad. Sure. So usually I had one person who's like a gunfighter, like Elise Kison. Yeah. Uh, I would bring the bio engineer, the doctor engineer, biotechnician. Yeah. I don't remember what it is. But that lady, so Kuma Tail. She's a Kuma Tail. I'd bring her, and then I would bring him a call. A smockable, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah uh, it's a smockable. Um, uh, anyways, I'd bring that McCall so that he could just go get slingshotted. Mm-hmm. And he's dragging along everybody else, but he's going to get slingshotted, close, close combat someone. So that I don't have to waste my gunslinger in a bad fight. Yeah. In a bad gunfight. Right. Good close combat fight. Yeah, I mean I guess I guess if it is if, a great tool to have right. when it's the right time to use it. Yeah, my, my opinion is if you are pleasantly surprised when you're offered the opportunity to CC, right, like you're doing it right. Yeah. yeah. Like it, it should never um, be plan A unless unless you're like I'm going to do you know what what 
Chris just described, which is like, I'm going to take this, try it up. There happens to be a Makarul in there. He's good at the thing, and I have an opportunity to use it now. Your goal isn't to take, you know, the Sukiel HMG and gunfight your way to a close combat attack with the Makarul. That should not be the plan. Right. Right. And really what the Makarul adds to the triad in this case is the the option. Yes. Mm -hmm. CC. That's but right. You're moving around the table. Something got close. Well, I guess I can CC it, which is an option that I wouldn't have otherwise. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And even when it comes to when it comes to characters like like Shinobu, right? We're talking like one of the best CC units in the game, right? With CC twenty five martial arts, surprise attacking. A lot of times, you're going to get more mileage out of that surprise shot combi rifle. Yes, surprise shot ODD combi rifle, putting somebody at negative twelve, so they can't hit you back. That is likely often going to be better than you rolling your two dice, watching yourself roll snake eyes. And really crying. Yeah. It's 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 a it's a tough thing to do. I mean, I think I think basically, um, you know, there there's a couple ways to play her. You can say like, I'm gonna do the alpha strike and hope for the best, right? And then you're spending a huge amount of orders, uh, potentially breaking through something, even if it's just like I have to cautious move past this now. Right, you might have to do that just to get past some like sketchy discovery arrows that you yeah um, uh, maybe somebody's got MSV or something, and then you get behind like a tag, right? Or you could just leave her there and not do anything until the tag moves up, and now you're behind the tag anyway. Um, somebody in the chat had asked about whether or not we build lists with close combat in mind. I think. Okay. No, I, honestly, no. I yeah. have I have a I have a perfect perfect example for this. Okay. So let me pull this up. Um it's it is far from my mind. Mm -hmm. I think that like my usual advice for a totally new player about CC is don't that's a part of the game you don't even need to learn. Like <laughs> mm. you could go you could go your whole infinity career and never learn the CC rules and win tournaments. Okay, so here's a list that I built specifically for Panic Room and Frostbite. Um, there are some CC all-stars in here, right? A Jaguar is excellent. It has smoke. It has a chain rifle, so you can force bad decisions, right? I roll up and I'm touching yep. you now. There's a whole link behind you. What do you do? Do you dodge? Do you CC me back? Like, what are you going to do? I might chain rifle you twice if I'm on a link. It's all bad, right? Uh, and then I've got Wolfgang in there who has Berserk plus three, and he will wreck your face. Um, yeah. So, um, but I don't take these things specifically with the plan of using them in CC. I think yeah. they are a part of my toolkit that I bring to Panic Room because a I want I want something in Panic Room that can chuck a grenade and like a smoke grenade in there so I can get stuff in right. So the Jaguar is there primarily mm. for that. And then if I'm ever in a situation like the Jaguar is there because. Um, uh, for, for several reasons. And the first reason is he gives me a linkable smoke grenade, right? Mm -hmm. The second one is he gives me a linkable chain rifle. And the third one is if something that's a CC powerhouse comes knocking on my door, I can dodge into CC with it and potentially kill it or at least slow it down. So that's yep, yeah. like a distant third, right? And the only thing that I would actually actively consider ruining somebody's day with in CC is Wolfgang because of the berserk. Sure. Right, mm -hmm. and that basically, yeah, because I I can't miss with Wolfgang. That's that's the mm -hmm. difference here, right? It's not it's, for yeah. It's, there's no there's no longer any chance of me not 
getting armor rolls on you. It's just, I'm going to sacrifice, you know, Wolfgang's body, literally just throw him in the room yes. and kill a target of opportunity. Right. So, yes. so if I can, if I can engineer a situation where the odds are, you know, irrevocably in my favor, right? Like I'm just going to do the thing and you can do nothing. You can make, you might kill him, but I'm probably going to kill you too. Then, then that's, that's what I'm, uh, that's what I do CC for. Right. So there's some tools like that. Wolfgang's a great example of McMurrow, um, the, um, Damaru, right? Anything with Berserk. Uh, so you, you can do that sort of thing, right? So if you if you ever, I encourage you to go watch Chainsaw's um, TTS games with JSA from a couple months ago, where he actively finds or tries to find scenarios with which to dodge Damaru into line of fire, right? Which provokes no arrows, assuming nobody's like hacking you or whatever. Now he's within a movement of something that he needs to murder. And on the next order, he's in close combat and, you know, whapping that thing in the face. So mm -hmm. those are tools you can use. That is a very explicitly designed CC unit for a particular task. But again, right, like there's a lot of other stuff that the Damaru is doing. It has chain rifles. It might have a Spitfire, right? There's all kinds of stuff it does. And Chainsaw is leveraging it to do those things first. And then like, like it, it's not part of its primary plan, right? Like when we were discussing this beforehand, it wasn't, I'm going to berserk somebody with this Damaru. The statement was, I hope I get the chance to. Which is a mm -hmm. different statement. Also, Chainsaw is an amazing player, and also true. <laughs> you should just watch his streams because you'll learn from him. He's really, really good. Um, someone had asked about like uh, models uh, that are good at close combat that I would take or use. Um, with a left, of course, I love Steel Phalanx because sure. of Ancient Greece. Um, and Achilles is always mm -hmm. been my boy. When I was playing vanilla Aleph, I like taking post humans and Achilles. And I, I couldn't bring myself to not bring Achilles. Um, he was so good. Um, he's so, so much fun. He really is. He's just really is fun to be like, yeah, I'm going to go close combat this guy. <laughs> um, the, then, then the war bands, but it's exactly what wise Kensai said which is that you don't take the war bands for their close combat. You take them for their smoke um, because they have, you know, that being able to throw smoke is so valuable. Having them be in a link team to throw smoke, uh, the McCall's in the Harris, the Myrmidons in the Enematarcos, um, the Jaguars. These are all valuable, uh, mainly for their smoke and occasionally to go punk someone, um, but mainly for the smoke. So, and in and, and, and military orders, there's tons of great close yeah. combat guys, but that's not why you take them. They don't have smoke. So occasionally good close combat comes up. I mean, like a, a great example is what happened to you in your tournament game, right? You're like, hey, new guy, don't move your tag next to this thing. You'll have a bad day. Yeah. Right? So like... Ugh. You, you aren't taking that infirmer because like you're like, I'm going to get this infirmer into CC with a tag. Like That's not a thing mm -hmm. you entered your mind. You're no, like, I need a doctor no. in my link. Yes, exactly. So the infirmer is definitely the doctor in the link. Um, in my past, in that game, it would have been amazing to just kill a tag uh, just, just like that. Yeah. Um, it would have been very rude, uh, especially to do it to a newer player. Um, in my game, my Monday night game, um, the infirmer I had that link team. I had three guys get into close combat with uh, Andromeda. Okay. Um, and I, I originally was like the, I'll make them 
the infirmer, the, the link leader, so I can get my monofilament. And then that didn't work out. And I was like, well, I guess I'll use the Knight of Justice because his numbers are better. His chances are better. So that's how that happened. Because the infirmer does not have martial arts. Right. So Choxar kind of talks, asks about a unit like a Fide. Mm-hmm. And so I've got a lot of experience using not Fide, but using the Speculo Killers. Yeah. And like it, it's an opportunity cost thing, right? If you have the option, if you have the opportunity to go surprise attack and monofilament the tag, like you might get lucky mm-hmm. and it might go through. Yeah. So sometimes like you, you do that. But generally speaking, I think most of the time with the speculators and Fide, you're better off shotgunning things. Mm-hmm. But what you can really do, uh, so here's here's a great example of close combat. Um, if Fide moves into close combat with you, what do you do? Panic. So you, yeah, right? Because if you dodge, they can shotgun or CC you yep. to negate that. If you shoot them back, they can burst two light shotgun you. Like, you, they have all of the tool. They have basically all of the advantage in the world to guarantee that they're hitting you. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but you also don't take them for their close combat skills. You take no. them because when you place it, just outside your opponent's deployment zone next to their soft underbelly, they're like this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You and want that like, face, oh, yeah. No. yeah. And you're yeah, like, I mean, and they're just now fixated on that yep. thing instead mm-hmm. of doing the mission. I think the last time I took a speculator against John, I didn't expose it until pretty late in the game. It might have been the time before. Yeah, I, I, I made you do it because I was walking stuff around in the open. And I was like, well, I'm just going to walk by. If you do nothing, you're like, I guess I'll shoot you. Yeah, right? Like, fine. But... The uh, having the presence there is is often value enough, but yeah, just because Fide or a Speculo Killer is in compared to some of the the units we're going to talk to about today, I would say that they're fine mm-hmm. in close combat. Um, doesn't mean that close combat is their main tool, even if they have a, a monofilament CC weapon. Yeah, but but good against certain things. But yeah, um, but but when when the opportunity arises, and you're like, well. I could just I could poke your Yodum with this monofilament weapon. I I need to do it. I'm gonna yeah punch up. Yeah, exactly. Trade those points. I mean, I think I think the way to think about it, right, is is we're often uh, sort of lulled into this uh, different mode of thinking because CC is a different uh, stat in your profile. It's also a different yep. column mm-hmm. in the weapon table of all your profiles. So we're used to thinking it was like, this is a whole different thing, right? Like I have to, like now that I've bought it, I have to use it, right? This is, um, but a good mental model to sort of equate it to is like, for example, a the light shotgun on a Swiss miss, mm. right? So you have a Swiss, yep. Swiss guard missile launcher. Yep. It's supposed to sit in your deployment zone because that's where it starts. And it's supposed to shoot mm-hmm. things with its giant honking BS-15 missile launcher. It's not supposed to run across the table and then shotgun stuff. <laughs> but if something gets close enough for it to shotgun, you are not upset about that at all, right? So that's right. sort of the model Like I encourage you to sort of have for CC. It's like, oh, I'm pleasantly surprised that I have this like amazing CC stat. Like, oh, like yeah, yeah. sure, go ahead, move your tag next to my infirmer. Uh, it, and then the other thing that I want to say is that uh, kind of try to treat it like hacking, right? Set up. I mean, maybe you have to expend the first order to set up the hack. Maybe that's throw out a repeater. Maybe that's like 
uh, force somebody to do something like dodge or whatever, and then you can like oblivion them or something, right? There's all kinds of scenarios you can set up. Um, but then don't sink the next like five orders into it. Um, because if you're, if you're rolling, it might go horribly and then make them spend the orders on their turn while you just like hack them through that repeater with your three hackers now instead of the one. It can be uh, very easy to get blinders and get really fixated and spend a bunch of orders on this close combat that you wanted to happen mm -hmm. and then realize, ah, oh, dang, that was four of my eight orders here on turn two. Yep. So. Yeah, it can eat up a ton of orders. So, all right. Well, I think we've given people a, a bit to chew on and to think about when it comes to close combat. Uh, you know, the, the, the short of it is just because you're good at it doesn't mean it's the right answer. Yeah. Mo much of the time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, so now let's get down to Immortal Kombat! Yeah, I'm excited for this. I was really happy when that song played at the end credits of the new Mortal Kombat movie. Yeah, man. Sad when it wasn't played for the rest of the time. All right, so Will it and I have come up with a lovely bracket to pit eight of the uh, top close combat units in the game against each other. Uh, we, we had we had a couple little rules based on what we picked. We avoided Berserk because we wanted a winner mm -hmm. instead of everyone dying. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That's a thing. You know, so uh, we didn't talk about it very much earlier, but Berserk is a great thing because it forces a normal roll, and often it means it's a peace trade. Yep. So that wasn't going to work well in a Swiss bracket system where we wanted to have somebody win at the end. We kind of came up with... Um, I felt like the pairings were pretty evenly or interestingly mm -hmm. matched the first round. At the very least, it gets you know different uh, from there, depending on who wins. And we tried to pick, or we did pick, named characters for all of them because it's way cooler to vote or to root on a person. You know, like, mm -hmm. Brandon Castro's there, but if you were like, hey, cool, I've got a Pupnik and three, or a, uh, a Jimmer and three Pupniks in close combat. Sorry, Baron, you're not winning. <laughs> so... Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, we, we, we want to, this is immortal combat without a K. It's a C uh -huh. for those of you who are listening. Uh, there's certainly no copyright infringement implied or <laughs> otherwise. Sorry. The other thing about the choices too, is they're all available in vanilla. So yes. there aren't any mercenary options. Obviously there are some really fun mercenary characters that are available in certain sectorials but that's why they ended up not getting chosen like mcmurrow's not on the list for sure. example. Yeah, maybe Mc... a future thing yeah we might we might have to do uh, a sequel because people like valkyrie want to get involved in there yeah McMurrow. there's uh there's a you know, there's so many interesting units you could play with but these these all felt at least representative of the the main factions of the game Sorry, Toha, we opted for an NA2 representative because mm -hmm. it would be a it, it would be a crime to do this and not include Musashi. That's right. Just just out of principle. Right. Mm -hmm. So in this first match, oh, and the other the, the last little thing is we are the first the first round of each fight uh will be the active turn for whoever gets bonus is relevant to that. So Al Jabel and Brenda Castro will get their surprise attacks. Norkius will get his plus one burst in that first round. So, 
Yeah, just you know, totally very scientific and accurate. Yeah, hundred percent. This is this is the the correct way to do it. So let's uh, let's talk about this first matchup. We've got Joan of Arc and Achilles. This is this... kind of the the heavyweights. This is the heavyweight section for sure. Absolutely, you know they are more evenly matched than I than I expected. So so which mm-hmm. first of all which which version of Joan were you thinking of? So I was thinking of the standard version of Joan, not the mobility armor. Okay. So the the five armor, again, the the heavyweight Joan, um, and I don't think she's worse in close combat. She's the same. So it's just her armor. Yeah, she's higher. the same. Well, and actually, course, actually, similarly... the, the damage is lower because her fizz is drops in the mobility armor as well. Oh, there you go. But she has the extra armor. So we're gonna go with with the classic Joan of Arc. Okay. Against, against the uh, the hoplite armor Achilles. Mm-hmm. Uh, the reason I felt like taking the regular version is because I always take her for the plus one SWC. Mm-hmm. Oh, sure. That's why I go. love her, and that's yeah. why I felt it was better for, from my own personal perspective, to use her in this one. Pano Pano will be very happy with extra like for sure. Mm-hmm. Right. So. Just running down their their CC stats. So Joan of Arc, we've got a a, a very respectable CC of twenty three, mm-hmm. martial arts level three. Yep. So MA three in the previous edition was the important number, uh, which gives you the plus three mod for yourself and negative three for your opponent. Now that's MA two, which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for her, it means an extra point of damage in close combat. Extra two points. She, extra mm-hmm. two points, two. right? Um. She is swinging with a whopping Fizz 15, which goes up to then 17 mm-hmm. with an explosive CC weapon. That's right. Thwap. Gross. Uh, two wounds plus NWI, which gives her three effective wounds for what we're doing today. Yep. Uh, again, something else that puts her on par with Achilles. So this monster has an extra point of CC and an extra point of martial arts. Mm-hmm. But really, one point of CC difference is not a huge deal when you're rolling one dice against one dice. Yep. You know, you know watch this. Like John's gonna roll two tens. That's mm-hmm. <laughs> and and to, to prove me wrong, it happens all the time, 100% of the time, and 100% of scientific exactly. tests. Um, now, martial arts level four gives him an extra point of damage. Means he is swinging at a whopping eighteen his, or yeah, eighteen Damn, yep. explosive. with explosive. Yep. And he's armor six instead of five. Gross. So he's got a slight edge, definitely across the board. But again, because we are talking about one dice versus one dice, it's really anyone's game. He does outweigh her just like very slightly. Yeah. Um, but there's one thing that Achilles has that she does not have is that she has two wounds and no wound in cap, but he has three wounds, which means that if he loses three wounds, he can still be brought back in a normal That's game. Right. True. Uh, where she can't. Uh, that is absolutely true, and that Fizz 15 means that he comes back three quarters of the time from a uh, from a paramedic. Yep. There have been many times that I shot him, shot him with the medic kit. Yeah, we're we're going to assume that these fights end in a lovely coup de gras, just to uh, just to keep it legit. Yeah, but I'm so, just talking about in a normal game. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Achilles is a monster. I mean, there's a reason why people call him an S2 tag. Yes, mm-hmm. he is. That is what he is. So, all right, John, 
why don't you pull up the official super scientific dice simulation that we have built right here? Yep. This is not actually on John's table. Our budget has uh, given us the ability to do full CGI. Yeah, physics exactly. engine. It's pretty cool. The the felt was the Easy. hardest part of the physics to get right. It's true. And John, why don't you go ahead and roll? I guess it's gonna be one dice on one dice. Yep. Tell us what uh, the colors are. So red will be Joan. Okay. Red will be Joan. Here we go. All right, so we're looking. So Joan is gonna be getting plus six to her or plus three to her roll. And uh oh, so it looks like Achilles uh, rolled an eighteen. Yep. Joan rolled a sixteen. That <laughs> nice. is not. That is not going to crit for Joan. That falls just under a crit. Yep. 16 with her plus three goes up to 19. That's real bad. It's it's not a crit because we're assuming that both uh, both of them are using their martial arts to give the yes. opponent negative three as well as themselves plus three. Brutal. Yeah. All right. That means four hey, armor saves for Joan. Hey, really quick. Remember when you said that one point doesn't matter? If I know. If one did. point more, that would have been a crit. You would have saved did. yourself. All right. I don't yeah. have enough dice to make this, so I'm going to roll and then roll again. Four armor saves. Okay. So we've got two passes with a 17 and an 18, and this nine is not going to cut it. So uh -oh. she's got one right, move. So, so here's, uh, here's the last save. Oh, two nines. She's down. She's in the WI. Not out of the fight, though. She's not Oof. out of the fight. We got one more. We got at least one more round in her. Here we go. It happens. Tip it up again, John. Okay, now it's uh, another crit on oh, an 18. Man. Yeah. Not looking good for Joan. Oh, and Joan, Joan is toast. Is that the seven? Woo! Wah, All right. Wah. Well, that was. I was I was rooting for Joan. You know, it was close enough to uh yeah, there it is. It was close enough it could have been anyone's fight. Ooh. But Achilles just just showed the superior the superiority of Aleph and conquered Pano. Uh let's go to the camera to see the people of Athens going wild. <laughs> wow. They are so excited. I've Local never boy. Seen for those uh, for those on the podcast have to take our word for it, we have live correspondence all over the sphere. It's true. <laughs> all I right, so it, I think Achilles can go all the way, personally. I, I think Achilles can go all the way. I, I'm, I'm yeah. big on Achilles. He not, has, that, I mean, that's he, not unreasonable. I don't yeah, I don't think that's unreasonable at all. So our next round, this is a really interesting fight. And, mm. and uh Will, you and I had some back and forth on which version of Adol to use, and we settled on the medium infantry one. Really? Yes, especially. So, for those who don't know, Adel has two profiles, one that's a heavy infantry, one that's a medium infantry. The reason why we settled on the medium infantry one, despite not being able to take a hit as well, is that he has a para CC weapon negative six. So if he can land that negative that six true. to mobilize the opponent, he is then free to wail on them with a monofilament close combat weapon until they're toast. Mm -hmm. that, is, that is his key to success here. So... Adel has a yeah CC twenty three with MA two, which is really the uh, we talked about the MA two that you need. Although it should be pointed out that MA martial arts does not affect um, monofilament because yeah, right. it's, it's not be based on physique; it's, it's just flat damage. That's right. And then yeah, so his phase of of eleven is is not terribly important because of that. Uh, we, both of the weapons he's going to use in close combat aren't going to be fizz dependent. No, this is really the middleweight. Yeah. yeah. Arm two, BTS three, one wound. 
So he's he's really really banking on that uh, that pair of CCW to squeeze through. And no one in cap. Oh yeah, in NWI. But is he shock immune? He is not shock immune. Nope. Oh, so, he's got him against Al Jabel. Al Jabel, uh, exact same CC, CC23. Yep. His MA4, again, when it comes to the dice roll, won't make a difference because they both have the same plus three, negative three. He is hitting, though, with a damage. Geez, what is that going to be? A damage 16 viral 16 combat viral weapon? CCW, yep. DA shot. So this is re- this is going to be a one round fight. I am predicting for for Algebel, This is one of his best fights because in the future he's fa- fighting as people with BTS six, BTS nine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So real- and we are going to give Algebel the surprise attack, but we do have Adol swinging back with that uh, para or that negative six CC weapon. What this basically means is that Adol is going to be swinging with one dice on a CC20, and Aljabel will be one dice on CC17. Wait, well, why? Right. Why CC? Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Right, 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 yeah, yeah, right. against each other out. You're right, yeah. you're right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all, almost all of these fights, the martial arts ends up canceling each other out, except for one. Ooh. Towards the end. Snap. All right. All right, John, bring us to the live camera. Here right. we are. Who... So Algebel will be the white one. Algebel is the white dice. Here we go. Let's see it. Okay. Ooh, we got a oh. crit. We got two crits. Two crits. Algebel rolled his 17 to crit and crit. Double crit. cancel each other out. Yep. All right. But now he loses a surprise yeah. attack, right? Just like my fights against uh, Andromeda. And that is yeah. true. That's right. So here we go. The first round, both of them. Crit their way through. That's pretty, yeah, that's pretty exciting. Surprise attack no is surprise gone. Attack. That puts Adel up to CC 23. Uh-oh. Oh, that'll do it. Adel, Adel's going to hit. Yep. He's going to hit that pair of close combat weapon. Okay, and so now now we need to make a fist save, right? Yep. 12 will not do 12, it. 12 is not going to cut it for Algebel. He is immobilized. All, All right, right, so now we're going to go ahead and roll. This is Algebel's dodge at negative six, if I remember yep. correct. So his his fizz is 13, oh. so he's looking for seven. He's looking for seven. Well, actually, it's worse, right? Because CC modifies this. Oh, that's right. So he's looking for a four. He's looking for a four. He does not get it. That's a crit from uh, a deal. Monofilament. So oh, here's... So a, here's... It'll, it'll get that two monofit saves hit. Or saves through. Uh, not going to do Man, it. That seven's not going to cut it. Wow. All right. <laughs> How Jabel. What oh, have you man. done? That pair of negative six close combo. It's funny when, when the new edition came through, um, I, I was kind of ignoring it. But the more I thought about it, like when it comes to like a multi-round close combat, it's pretty ugly. Mm-hmm. It's pretty damn good. The, the pair of close combat. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right, so the first one, you've got Achilles, who beat Joan, and uh, Adel, who just beat Algebel. Next up, we have the the Oof. martial arts champion of the human sphere himself, Mushashi, the CC25 MA5, if I remember. Yes. And he is against his, uh, basically, compatriot of the, com- or his counterpart in the combined army, uh, Norkius. So let's go through uh, Musashi really quick. You had that CC25, the martial arts level five. So MA5, the people who uh, who, 
who don't know because why would you check what MA5 means for most armies? <laughs> um, it is plus three to your CC, negative three to your opponents, plus three to your fizz, and an extra burst, meaning he is rolling two dice. Back in the olden days, uh, that was martial arts level four, so Achilles was much better at close combat because he had two dice. Mm-hmm. Now he's reduced down to one. Yeah. Wow, wow. Big deal. And and uh, so, yeah, so Masashi is hitting with his Fizz 14, which goes up to damage 17 explosive. Yep. And mm-hmm. explosive and AP. Because all of his attacks just have CCAP. Yep. Gross. Gross. He's got one wound and MWI. He's, yep. he's made for close combat, clearly. But immune to shock. Oh, there we go. Yeah. Too That's bad Algebel's gone. Yeah. Right? Wah, wah. Immune to shock isn't immune to monofilament. That's true. I think I think uh, the Algebel fight was the only real one with a shock weapon for him to worry about. Oh, uh, makes sense. All right, so let's check out Norkius. So Norkius, again, CC25 MA4, which means all of the mods are the same, except he doesn't get that burst. Though, yep. he does have... CC attack plus one burst. For those who who don't know, if you have a burst mod on a weapon or a skill, that only applies in the active turn. So Norkius will only get his two burst in the first round of this fight. When it comes to what he's hitting you with, though, he's got a Vorpal close combat weapon, which is a monofilament close combat weapon, and an EM close combat weapon, which is an interesting option here because that's going to force two saves against BTS double action, and if either of those go through, he's going to pick up a wound. Yep, and he's higher BTS, though. So that's something to think about as well. Oh, fair. Plus, Vorpal, you can throw Vorpal. You can throw yeah, Vorpal. Right? It's true. Do you still get Protheon wounds if you kill someone with Vorpal? Not with Vorpal. So that's why he has the EMCC. Exactly. In case you wanted to be like, oh, I need some wounds. Yep. So, uh, Will it? Do you want to call it? Which close combat weapon are we going to use for Norkius? Well, I personally, um, so I'm a big fan of like going big, like do the big thing. Don't do the safe thing. Do the big thing. For me, the big thing is the Vorpal close combat weapon. Just let's just end this now. The other thing to think about too is that in this particular match, I don't think Norkius needs to try to build up wounds or like drain mm-hmm. wounds. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe if he was fighting someone like Achilles, the EM would be better because oh, he could sure. dr- yep. drink up some wounds to and immobilize him. Yeah, yep. true. So uh, Vorpal, that's what I say. All right. And, you know, I think that I think that Vorpal does make a little bit of sense. Also, in the this is the you know, the first round, he's going to have that extra burst, mm-hmm. and so he really just wants to try to get a hit through and end the fight. If it goes to a second round, it's going to get a lot harder. All right, John. All Here right. we go. Let's do so, it. So Narakias is going to be red, and they're both on burst, burst two looking for uh, 25s. Okay. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, you got to get the camera. Those are some low rolls. Ooh. Oh, no. Some low rolls. Ow, man. Okay, so Musashi what? rolled a four and a five, and Narakias rolled a two and a four. Oh, brutal. So, so was one explosive <laughs> coming through is what that looks like on Norkius on Norkius. All right. Norkeus. So, so uh, we're looking at a fizz 17 save on arm two. 
Before you roll your armor, I have to point out that uh, one of my buddies said, there's no way Norkius doesn't win this tournament. Yeah. <laughs> and so I want nothing more than Norkius to die. Let's okay. that, see that so, happen. So he's actually arm one because Musashi has AP, right? All right so you're looking yeah. for 17s. Looking for 17s. Here we go. Okay, we got a 15. Splat. Oh. <laughs> that is not going to do it. You defended. He's out. But this is, but, but I, I think that what, if we've learned anything just so far, it's that close combat is super freaking random. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, here we go. I just Musashi. texted the chat. Norkius is down. <laughs> First round didn't even make it past Musashi. Can't beat a squishy human. What? You can't. You can't stop him. <laughs> you can't stop Musashi. He's he's the hero of Aristea. He's got he's got way more combats than than Norakius. Holy cow! All right, that just so, happened. Brutal. <laughs> that was great. That was great. All right, so our our final round of the first bracket, all the way from Bakunin, we've got Brandon Castro, and he's to to me this last bracket represents models that you actually see on the table. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Like, at the end of the day, I don't think I've seen any of the other models on the table as often as you see Brandon the Unknown Ranger. Totally. Uh, actually, my buddy Zach Mayhew. Uh, also known as Rick X, loves Brando Castro, hero of Bakunin. He sings yes. every time. <laughs> Basically, so 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 Brando, he's he's going to be relying heavily on that surprise attack. Yep. So he's got that martial arts level three with a CC of twenty two and surprise attack. Mm -hmm. That's going to put his opponent at a, a net negative six plus whatever skills that they have to counter it with a DA close combat weapon against a you know Fizz fifteen. He's not. He's great if you can get him into close combat. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's not and hard too. He's got timing plus super jump and yeah. camouflage. And how many times Zach puts him right in my zone, and then which monkey man? And he's had that model for years. That model right. is so old. Need a new one. Yeah, it's, it's a great. It's a great model though. It's an old, it's an old model, but it's a good model, just like the old Kusanagi. A good-looking model that's impossible to build that I would welcome a new model for, even though it looks good after you have done the painful task of getting it together. Mm -hmm. Oh, man. So, uh, finally, against Brando Castro. <laughs> so, to me, he's, you know, Brando Castro is the monkey king. Yep. And on the flip side of the coin, I feel like the Unknown Ranger is like Mr. No-Nonsense. Yeah. He's a real dark horse to win this one. Yeah, so uh, his advantage, CC twenty three with mm -hmm. MA two, so yep. he meets the he meets the requirements. But he has that natural born warrior, which straight up turns off your opponent's martial arts skill. Yeah, man, it's real. Bad. This means that in this in this tournament, he is the only one who gets the bonus for his martial arts and puts a negative on his opponent. Everyone else just cancels themselves out. Yep. Yeah. It's uh, it's pretty interesting. He, yeah, like you said, he, he's an excellent dark horse for this competition because of that natural born warrior skill. He's pretty damn tough. Armor four, NWI shock immune, and he's is swinging that T two close combat weapon. It's gonna be real yeah. bad. So, Make Achilles it, hurt. And, 
Yeah, it's, he's going to take two hits, take Achilles down, but one hit, I think, handles everyone else in this in this competition, shock immune or otherwise. Yeah, P two is scary. P two right? is scary so I, indeed. So if I if I am right on the math, we've got the unknown Rangers going to be sing, swinging at CC twenty three. Twenty six. Because he's going to well negative negative three for Brand's surprise attack. There oh you go. sure. Yep. Yep. And then Bran is looking at a 19 on that first round. It's true. Not the lowest, though. The lowest was at 17. Yeah, the lowest was with that, I guess, that pair of CC weapon. So, is it time? All right, John. Let's, I mean, again, it's it's so random. It's one dice roll. All right. Unknown Ranger is going to be. Baby. Unknown, Unknown Ranger is going to be the white die. All right. Ooh. Oh, so this Ooh. actually. The unknown ranger, because of the plus three mod from having CC twenty three, mm-hmm. that five turns into an eight, which beats Brand's five. Yep. So Breaking the tie it's, with that extra CC. It's one save, one save on armor, armor one, versus Fizz <laughs> fifteen, right? Uh, fourteen, because it's only MA two. Oh yeah, yeah, okay, Fizz fourteen. Here we go. Ooh, no good. Oh, and Bran gets pasted. Bran is pasted. He's gone. Ooh. Sorry, Bran. Really, yeah. what happened? Brando Caster took the fall. Yeah, he took, <laughs> he took the fall. That's what it is. Amazing. What an amazing matchup. Yeah, so that was... I, Adel was really, the, the to me, the the more interesting ones here are Adel and the Unknown Ranger. Uh, I'm really curious to see how this next round goes. The first round, you know, I think people had their predictions. There was a lot of a lot of people that I saw that were voting in favor of Norkius. So I was mm-hmm. happy to see Musashi take that out. And Just punk him immediately. Was, right? And I wasn't I wasn't sure about uh, Adel versus Aljabel going that way. So that was pretty fun to see. Well, next we have uh, the 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 quarter of the semifinals. Yep. Really quick, my friend is freaking out about Norkis's death. He's like, <laughs> Norkis is one of the best CC specialists in the game. His CC burst can't be canceled by natural born warrior, yada, yada, yada. That's infinity, baby. Yeah, <laughs> basically. That's how the game works. It doesn't, like, like we were talking about when we were talking about CC tactics, like just because you're good at CC doesn't mean you're going to win CC. Right. It's, it's, it's a low number dice roll, which means it's high variance. Yep. <laughs> Okay, so next up we've got Achilles versus Adel. Again, yep. we're gonna have a, this is this is gonna be a fun fight. So I think again we're gonna have Adel swing that uh, that pair of CC weapon. Sure. Yeah. Trying to sneak through and mobilize Achilles and hack him apart with a monofilament. And Achilles is gonna try to crush Adel against his head like a beer can. All right. Yeah. So so uh, Achilles is looking for a eighteen. Right. Let's see yep. if uh, if is a deal mark? can get him in his Achilles heel. <laughs> oh. All right. a, a deal is gonna be red. All right, here we go. Oop, came out of the <gasps> thing. Oh, it's a six. That was a six. Uh oh. Uh oh. Twenty. Uh oh. Achilles ain't taking none of that. Boom. Here we go. Critical from Achilles. Four dice. <laughs> Sorry. Nope. That's it. I don't even roll the extra die. Right that's there. it. It's gone. Yeah. Flat. It's over. I. Man, I go I was... up the way. <laughs> oh wait, wait, wait! Really quickly, his twenty's a fail, right? He was at negative six. He was on eighteen. Oh, you're right. 
Holy crap! Okay, Whoa. okay, okay. Stop the presses. Let's let's roll Thank back you. time. Roll back yeah, time. Okay, second. twenty is a fail. So a deal hits. All right, let's get right? that. Let's get. Yeah, a deal hits. Okay, let's so now now we have a fist six. safe. That ooh, oh. uh, I can look it up. Fizz fifteen. Oh, so that he's fine. Passes. He's fine. That passes. He's fine. He is not immobilized. Uh oh. Uh oh. All right, Achilles. Come What's on, man. What's happening? All right, so we're still on eighteen against twenty-three, right? Oh, there we go. That's a crit for Achilles. That's a crit. Yep, that's that eighteen. Exactly what he needed. That's a. That's twice this has happened in this tournament. <laughs> That they got crits, not because it's way off. Okay, we got two two saves so far. Oh, here right? we go. Because he's what? Damage. One. No, he's damage 18, right? Yep. Yes. Adele's armor one. Okay, so no, he's armor, he's armor those two. Those all going through. Armor two? He's armor two. The 17 saves, the 10 and 15 go through, though. That's it. Don't even roll so, the last one. Adele's wow. gone. Yep. Thank you for, uh, for correcting us. He, totally. Even <laughs> when Achilles tries to cheat. He yep. still wins. <laughs> he gets Brad Pitt out. is unstoppable. Like, All right, I'll follow the rules. I mean that that fizz that negative six of the parasitic weapon is no joke though. Yeah, that's pretty so, crazy. Like, that can that can I mean that was a it'll have the odds in his favor to get that swing or to get that hit through. He even mm -hmm. landed it on him. It was just fit, or just Achilles' swollness that protected him. Yeah, Achilles is. A demigod, the son of Thetis, a sea nymph, an immortal. He's got everything going for him. <laughs> and he looks like Brad Pitt. All right, next okay, up we've we got go. Musashi. So, right? <laughs> this is the, the, we're halfway through Battle of Midway. Miyamoto oh. Musashi Ooh. versus the Unknown Ranger. <laughs> this is going to be rough, yeah. guys. we rough, All ladies right, and so, gentlemen. So this is rough because Musashi's uh, martial arts level five is not happening. Boom. Yep. So delete that from this from his stat sheet right now. So we're looking at CC twenty five against, uh, no, against CC twenty two. Yep. So that puts him down to CC twenty two and puts the unknown ranger up to CC twenty six. Yep. Gross. <sighs> Gross. All right, here we go. Let's yeah, let's see it. Okay, white will be the unknown ranger. Ooh. Oh, Musashi. Musashi comes through. All right, so what is that? That's three saves. That's nice. not a crit. Four, yeah, that's four. No, it's not. Right, that's three saves. That 17 goes with 19. Yeah, okay. So uh, Musashi is... So he doesn't get he doesn't get the MA damage bonus, right? Correct. So he's at Fizz 14. He's at Fizz 14. He still has the AP bonus. So we're looking to beat three arm saves at arm two on 14s, yeah? Yep. Okay. Exactly. So we've got two passes and a fail. Oh, the fight still goes on. The fight continues. Whoa. The Undone Ranger takes a wound. All right, here we go. Round two. Okay. I think the Undone Ranger has this, right? Right. So Masashi, yeah. So Masashi goes up to nine. Undone Ranger goes up to, what is that, an 18? Yeah. Both. So here's Not the save. Coach. Only one dice. Save is good. And Masashi saved it. Save is good. We got a real oh, fight on our hands. Down. All right. Round three. Round three. Oh, uh oh. oh another hit from the unknown ranger. That's a that's a crit. That's a T two crit. I can't, 
It's a 16. Oh, yeah, it is. Okay, so yep. T2 crits go to normal now, right? It's uh, it's one normal armor save, I believe, and then one against the T2. Okay, so here's the T2 save, because this is the important one. Yes. Nope. <laughs> That's a three. Nope. There he is. Masashi, gone. Unknown Ranger, T2'd him to the face. Oh. All right, here we are. The Unknown Ranger versus Achilles. This is, this this is... is rough. <laughs> oh, here we go. We know who we know who Steam Willet's on. Yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> He's ready for it. All right, let's have a look here. So let's see. Uh, so Achilles will be on 21s, right? Yep. And the okay. Unknown Ranger will still be on 26. Okay. Here we go. All right, uh, Achilles will be red. Okay. Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. It's off the screen. What is it? It's a 12 versus a 1. So Achilles got uh got no no crits here, but Achilles went through. Yes. Okay, so Achilles is hitting on Fizz Fizz 15, no AP and no bonuses. That's right. All right. So we're we're looking for 12s on three dice. Come on, on a ranger. Nope. Uh-oh. <laughs> that's it. That's it. Yeah! Achilles takes it. So, uh, well done, Achilles. So the funny thing is that uh, for the people who are our Patreon members, our late night war gamers, on our super secret Discord channel, we we took a side bet on basically who would win, and I believe, yep, the the winner is Clint. Clint, we owe you some sort of prize that we'll figure out. But Clint predicted the the entire bracket from the beginning. Wow. Uh, yep. Well done. I I was hoping for a couple upsets. That didn't happen. But it's it's hard to argue with Achilles. <laughs> no, nope. Achilles is the man. What's the hilarious too is people were like, you should pick Ajax. Ajax is so much better. Nope. It's all about Achilles. It is all about Achilles. Yeah. Eight. Adel, I think I had the ch- had the chance to win it. Adel yeah, versus did. the unknown ranger at the final round would have been really interesting. Yeah, he was so close. If Achilles failed that fizz roll, then then it, it could have been a totally different game. But that's not what happened. Coulda, so, shoulda, woulda. That Musashi versus unknown ranger fight was pretty good too. Yeah, that that taking several uh, several rounds to get through was was a bit of a, a nail biter. What I think really cheered Achilles on was me putting on my uh, helmet. Yeah. Uh, the only downside was that I couldn't hear what everyone was saying and I couldn't see because I wear glasses. <laughs> <laughs> Other than that, he had everything going for him. That, was what, that looked... was what did it. Yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, no, this was this is a lot of fun, man. Um, it is really important. To, you know, like The big takeaway here is that it's one dice versus one dice. Anything can happen. Yep. You might get hit by a pair of CC weapon and then pass the Fizz negative six roll because why the hell not? You're rolling one dice. You know? True. Um, and when it comes down to that, this just shows why you can't and maybe shouldn't uh, rely on CC, but also when your one dice is at plus eight and your opponent is at negative three, it's not, a bad, uh, not always a bad option. Yep. Holy cow. Well... Guys, uh, it's that time. 
you've wasted you've clearly wasted <laughs> another perfectly good evening listening to late night war games john lay it on earth all right so just a reminder about the roman academy mission so if you like seeing some of the cool arm rolls you want to take take advantage of that high arm like achilles got uh go try it out and uh, let us know how it went for this month's Bromet Academy mission. You've got, uh, you know, whole month of, of June left to do it. So go check that out. Uh, if you want to paint up some heavy army, uh, heavy armor uh, models, you can paint up some heavy infantry and send those in as well for some chances to win some cool prizes and get some feedback on your painting from some very talented painters themselves. Um, let's see what else. You've got a uh, Lumbering Sprocket mission too. Go check that out, lumberingsprocket.com. Uh, we're here every Tuesday night. Uh, 8.30 Pacific, so please join us on Twitch. And if you can't make it because you're in a different time zone, we totally understand. That's why we upload everything to YouTube and all of your favorite podcast apps. Um, let's see. If you want to reach us, you can reach us at mailbag at latenightwargames.com or on all the usual usual social media platforms. Um, and uh, make sure to massage Adam's ego a little bit every, every once in a while. And remind him to put tunnels on his new table. No, it's not going to happen. It will not happen. I'm not going to make it. Well, I mean, you're going to do eventually. it. You're going to do it. Look at him caving. You're going to do it. You're him away, hen pecking <laughs> him down. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Oh, man. Well, be sure to join us next week for um, Chapter 7, the final chapter of our ITS missions breakdown. We'll be talking over, uh, what is it, Caption Protect, Looting and Sabotaging, and Mind Wipe. So that'll be a lot of fun. And who do we have? We have, um, oh, I'm totally brain farting now because, you know, we're live and I didn't write it down. Here we go. Kevin Hamilton over from Lots of Lieutenant Podcasts will be joining us. So it'll be a, a fun chat with somebody from the opposite side of the earth. Yep. Uh, yeah. And uh, Will, is there anything you'd like to plug before we take off? Uh, you can find me on MayaCast from time to time. I go on there as Professor Willett and talk about historical things. I also have an official MayaCast email, which I uh, badgered Tom to give me. It's Willett at MayaCast.com. You can send me things and then Tom will see them. And I like to rub <laughs> that in his face. <laughs> so, how, many, how many L's and how many T's? W-I-L-L-E-T-T at MayaCast.com. There you go. Well, everyone, be sure to catch us on Facebook, YouTube, anywhere you get your podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please take a moment to give us a five-star rating on iTunes. Follow us on Twitch and YouTube. All of that helps us bring you the best content yes. that we possibly can. And more importantly, makes me feel better about my life decisions. With that, so long. Yeah, take care, everyone. Have a good night. Uh, 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 won't you play games with me? And I like to do everyone. That's what I like to do. That's what I like to do. That's what I really like to do. That's what I really like to do.